1: Film history. History. History film.
2: film history, the history of film, film, history. The history of film. Oh yeah, it is extra spooky tonight, y'all. We're recording this at like 11 o'clock p.m. And that I think it's like 6 a.m. Dev's time, something like that. Things had to be shuffled. Things had to be shuffled. Uh, Luckily, hey, you know what? We can get into it. The weather's cooling down, everyone, and here in L.A. And we're feeling those October winds. (laughs) Time does not exist
0: anymore. I am now in the twilight zone. You know what? You know what my favorite
1: part of fall is, um, because like in LA and you know, in Florida, obviously, like but in LA you don't really, you know, the, the leaves don't fall. Yeah, it gets colder, not that much colder. You right, know what I mean? Right. But it gets cold enough that my apartment gets a little chilly. Oh man! And my favorite part of, of fall is the first time I have to turn my heater on, and I smell the warm oh, air coming that. out of the electric I heater. Love that. It smells like fall.
2: All it is is like skin and dust yes. caught up in your, and it's broken the best dreams. smell in the world. Yeah, just broken just dreams. Yeah, yeah. yeah burning <laughs> flesh coming out of your heater for the first time it during the winter. Smells time. great. I love it too. I love that smell, and I can I can tell you this: my ass wouldn't survive one day in any sort of cold climate. No, because it gets sixty degrees here in LA, and my teeth are chattering. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. So I got. The, I, I'm yeah.
1: layered up. Like I wear the thickest jackets.
2: <laughs> like, thick but it's nice. It's seeds. Halloween. Yeah, We're Actually, getting some you know some cool weather around yeah. here. I
1: I did a spooky. I went uh me and yeah. me and some friends. We went to uh this thing that was definitely for children. Right. Um, but it was like this little Halloween spooky feeling, Like COVID's weird, so like you had to have like a time slot. COVID is weird. <laughs> you had to have a time slot, and you had to like walk. You, you couldn't backtrack. You have to like it was like a it was like a linear tour through like a spooky little Halloween town they set up. Nice. And at the end, they had like this little like Halloween village, and you would go door to door and knock on the door and say trick or treat. And you got, like, candy and oh, stuff. Shit. Again, okay. this was absolutely for children. Hey, it was um, so good. It was uh, off the streets. <laughs> but it Who was a bunch, of, a bunch of... people
0: tripping on psychedelics?
1: A bunch of... It was three mid-twenties kids going through, shoving kids out of the way, and be like, I want candy! And it was a lot of fun. I had a great time to really hey, set the Hey, it's getting your kids mood. off
2: the street. You know what? If Steve McQueen had that, he might not have been, like, on the street with a pocket knife, you know, cutting <laughs> people's faces and stuff when he was a kid. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah, no, we're going to give you a real good uh, spooky episode today, y'all. Um I don't even know I I think I told you guys earlier today, but today we're going to be talking about mysterious Hollywood deaths. Ooh. Yes. So these are celebrities who died and it is shrouded in mystery. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Well, did they truly ever die? I mean, they live on Ooh. forever on
2: the same I have a movie screen. about that. Don't give away the plot.
1: They, uh, <laughs> no, they just go to Catalina and they're just like in <laughs> a compound in the back of Catalina. Catalina is 98% conservated. All I'm saying is there's a lot of dark shit you can hide in those woods. Mm-hmm. So, the Catalina mostly.
0: Wine Mixer is like Hollywood's Bohemian Grove. And they
1: just keep everybody <laughs> tucked Listen, away I'll back
0: there. All I'm
1: saying is Juice Year. World's making albums of Kurt Cobain in the back half Dude, of Catalina. Dude, hell
2: yeah. <laughs> Tupac's over there with Elvis. Yeah. Oh, man. Speaking of Elvis, we're going to talk about this doctor during this episode that I cannot wait to bring you guys. Cool. He is, he is amazing. Well, in all the wrong ways. Nice. Uh, but yeah, so I I got a lot of help from this article um it like a lot of help let's be honest (laughs) it uh it was real rundown r-e-e-l rundown and they did an article about this and um yeah i got a lot of help from it things have been real busy everyone things have been really busy thank you all so much for listening and we've just gotten swamped we got our first ad yeah we got our anchor ad going on maybe you heard it i don't know i think it plays in the beginning It should be. Um, It should be in the beginning. (laughs) If it's not, tweet at us. If it is, tweet at us. But yeah, things have been getting busy. So I thought, you know, we did really heavy on that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I figured we'd just get into some kind of uh, real chill territory today, like people dying in very mysterious ways. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to bring it to you, like, you know, number 10. <laughs> oh, okay. are, we yeah, doing, yeah, yeah.
0: are we doing a late night David Letterman <laughs> top yeah. ten countdown? yes
2: dude. dude yes we are we're going we're going Letterman with this one I love Letterman
0: is he dead <laughs>
2: <laughs> he I'm is kidding. mysteriously alive
0: that's a dad that's awesome <laughs> <a letter. laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> Going that Kelly
0: and wine mixer. <laughs> and every I, hear, t-
2: I heard his
1: beard grows for every man he kills. <laughs> <laughs> man, he's an interesting
2: guy. That dude. He just absorbs
0: uh. their energy like Highlander. <laughs> there can only be
2: one. <laughs> oh man, Highlander's so good. Never seen it. Oh, you got to see it. Well, do, ooh, we'll do a film history on that. Cool. One, right? yeah. Okay. Highlander. Yeah. There was almost a game. Oh, there should have been. There should be a game now.
0: That's like saying that Waterworld should have a game. I don't know.
2: It yeah, it's very true. I could true. make you a great Highlander.
1: Sorry, World I could make you a great Waterworld game. Waterworld game. Water huh? Wait, did the Highlander game come out? Did it? Was it Christopher? It Lambert? was officially canceled in 2010.
2: Damn.
1: Yeah. It was wow. It was being made by Edos, which is the guys who made Deus Ex. They they can't, there can't even be
2: one. <laughs> there can't even be one. <laughs> So, the first guy I'm going to tell you guys about today is (laughs) number 10. So this first guy I'm going to tell you about, his name is Paul Byrne. Paul Byrne was a director, producer, and screenwriter for MGM in 1930, and he met actress and famed sex symbol Jean Harlow, and they started dating. And he convinced MGM to purchase her contract from the studio she was working for, which Kind of led to her getting like a bunch of bigger roles, this and that. It was this it was this big to-do. They got married in 1932 in July, and they were this power couple. So two months after they got married, on September the 5th, Byrne was found dead of a gunshot wound to the head at their home in Beverly Hills, California. And everything around it is really weird. Really weird. So Gene Harlow, the night before... She had spent the night at her mom's house, and so it was the household staff that discovered his body. They ruled it a suicide. There was there was a handwritten note beside him that was addressed to Gene Harlow from him in which he had written, His death was the only way to make good the frightful wrong he had done. Investigators found out that Byrne was rumored to be impotent, so everyone thought he killed himself because he couldn't get it up
1: interesting
2: yeah like they when was viagra invented oh viagra oh, okay. was
0: definitely not invented then no <laughs>
2: she says it was approved in the 90s good old pfizer it's <laughs> pfizer, pfizer dude wow 1998
1: that's it wow wow dude this was that Yo, many years before viagra wow so people have been having how... a deal with coke dick for that many years about <laughs> viagra it's crazy Bro.
0: How funny would it be if one of the side effects from the vaccines was getting your dick rock hard?
2: <laughs> That'd be amazing. Oh man, you'd have a lot more people lined up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. right? You'd have a lot more That's people lined up. Oh, man. <laughs> so yeah, everybody says this guy, this this colossus of film, took himself out because he he couldn't get it out. He he couldn't get his dick hard. However. According to a book called Deadly Illusions Gene Harlow and the Murder of Paul Byrne by Samuel Marks and Joyce Vanderveen, the household staff didn't call the police when they found his body. They called MGM. So <laughs> they <laughs> called MGM and said, This guy's dead. He looks like he killed himself. Uh, MGM sent two guys, the head of security, Whitley Hendry, and their publicity director his name was Howard and I shit you not the fixer is <laughs> trickling so they, what the police they didn't call police for like 4 hours Wow, these two guys were doing something at the crime scene for four hours without ever alerting this the police. This is very pulp fictiony. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, it's very weird. It's very wait, okay, weird. Okay,
1: wait. So MGM had a contract with
2: uh, his wife as well. Yes. Okay. He bought his wife's contract from another studio, and also he was he was huge. He was huge in the game, and he was he was moving around studios and stuff. He winds up dead with a gunshot to his head and a letter that says like I can't get my dick hard, so I'm what? life's no longer worth living.
1: Was was there like handwriting analysts? That's back the then? thing.
2: Probably not. And even if there were, guarantee you they're not gonna do that. I, or at <laughs> least somebody's gonna get paid enough to not. This was all that shit in the 1930s. If you were rich enough, murder's legal. You yeah, I mean? This is very, very
1: L.A. noir. Type, <laughs> yeah, type man. Shit. Yeah. Yes,
2: that's why I love L.A. noir. Whoa.
1: Okay. All right. So, so, um did you guys ever see the
0: movie *Hail Caesar*? The Coen brothers. Yes. Movie? No. Yes, yeah, dude. It's, it's so, so, so good. good. Except for Yeah. That's pretty much what this movie's about. Like, if Josh Brolin's lead is the one of the leads, and his character is a studio fixer. Back right. In the oh right! They so, had yes, they still have. The, fixers. He visited, Wait, so, the whole fucking movie centered around Josh Boland going around trying to fix this problem.
1: Explain what a Hollywood fixer is to not me, but you know the so, audience. Go a ahead.
2: A Hollywood
0: fixer is your go-to, get it done, uh, do whatever it takes, pay people off, backdoor channels, sometimes rough people, up right, to get fucking shit done. So when the studios need to go in the gray areas of the law. Yes. Um, Yes. They they send out this fixer who's usually like a a private detective or an ex, somebody within that realm or that line of work, maybe like an ex gangster or something, and they just work on salary. And he kind of just does the job of a producer, but instead of dealing with issues that come up on set, they deal with issues that come up with the entire studio and with the actors and with... Public relations, public appearance—they're the ones right. who used to really have relationships with the press, and they would deal with any time. So that's why they called the studio first in the case of this murder. That was common practice. Yeah,
2: exactly. Especially yeah, especially back that, then. And like Dev said, they they would work with PR. They were like they were like PR mafia. Like uh, they controlled the image of the studio down to you know the nth degree. <laughs> like if if. If Brad Pitt kills someone, <laughs> he would call the studio, and the studio would say, hey, don't worry. You know, uh, oh like Harvey God. Keitel in Reservoir Dogs yeah. comes out and gets rid of the body for you. Or
1: like, you. Uh, you guys remember in Tropic Thunder? When yeah, When he's like freaking out, and he calls his manager, he's like, I killed a and then Matthew kind of gets the character. He's like, all like, hey, right, it's, it's fine. He's it's like, fine. okay, uh, okay get off the line. Okay, yeah. here's what we're going to do. We're going to get a bunch of bleach. Like. That's him. That is the fixer. <laughs> He's like, oh, buddy, and they man still, still have them to this bad.
2: day. teed, they still have. Warner Brothers has some fixer <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> so oh, there is a theory of Burns' death that uh, he wasn't killed by his studio, which we all know is bullshit, but I'll tell you about it anyway. The <laughs> the most persistent theory of Burns' cause of death involves his previous common law wife, Dorothy Millette. Uh, the pair had lived together in New York City until, apparently, Millette just had mental problems. That's what they used to say. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows what that means?
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, it means she got mad once. She
2: got mad once. She was hysterical. You know um and of course like they did back in those days in the 20s they threw her ass into an asylum basically and he moved from new york to la while she was locked up in the asylum and was this big producer marries gene harlow and they think she got out because they say that there's evidence she was in san francisco at the time and also they said that he stayed in touch with her throughout the years and would support her financially and stuff and uh gene harlow didn't know about that which also gene harlow probably wouldn't she probably didn't know anything about this man really you know <laughs> i mean let's be honest like she's the biggest movie star in the world married to like one of the biggest producers in the world I, she probably doesn't fucking know you know yeah it's, i mean well, so but
1: why okay
2: if if this woman killed him why would the studio cover it up investigators started finding all this stuff. They found the letters between him and Millette, uh, you know, his ex-wife, and he would write stuff like, my love and best wishes, and he would pay for her rent, stuff like that. He was still keeping on with her, and to a studio, that might look bad. You know, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing. There, It might actually have been her. And, and, um, and does, it, <laughs> does it look better to be like,
1: this producer's dick didn't work, so he killed himself? Yeah, like, that's... I don't, I, exactly. Like, I don't know. That's not a great look either. Like. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's very true, actually. Yeah. That's, he couldn't get it up, so we well, all... Well, hey, it's you know something it
0: that is acceptable to the public, whereas right. murder is not as acceptable. Murder. Even though and- that's fucking... A shitty way to look at things.
2: And that's yeah. why we want to tell you about our sponsor today, Blue Chew. Blue <laughs> Chew. <laughs> Chew. Don't kill yourself. Don't kill yeah, yourself. Chew Blue Chew. <laughs> Chew your way you out can't, of suicide.
0: Uh, for whatever reason, get your hands on Blue Chew. You can always get the Pfizer vaccine. Side effects. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> would be lining up. Rock hard dick.
2: <laughs> but but weird shit did happen. So the household cook claimed that. She had seen an unknown woman on Byrne and Harlow's property that night. And she said she later found two empty glasses and a woman's bathing suit that did not belong to Harlow. Then, soon after this, soon after the news breaks, everybody's like, Oh, Hollywood's elite Paul Byrne dies from suicide because he didn't have Blue Chew, You know? So, like, almost immediately after that, Millette checked out of the Plaza Hotel in San Francisco, and she boarded a riverboat called the Delta King <laughs> getting the fuck out of San Francisco and a witness saw her on the top deck crying and gazing down at the river and when the boat docked she was gone. No one ever heard from her again. Really? Ever. Whoa. Yeah. Does Gene Harlow have an alibi? Uh, that She says she was at her mother's house but... Okay,
1: here's what I think happened. Go ahead. I think, I think uh, his his ex-wife came over they hooked up Gene Harlow killed him oh
2: she walked in and she was there and she shot his ass and then
1: she escaped and then the next wife escaped and then the reason they called the studio is because like we can't okay our producer died are protecting gene harlow our star can't go to jail like we have to make this look like a suicide they're protecting gene harlow that's my theory good on gene harlow
0: i think you wear the fucking crown to become our studio fixer bro yes
2: (laughs) That'll be the end of this episode. We got some and, business to get to. Yeah, go and then his ex wife,
1: she was just so afraid that like she would like go to jail or that something would be pinned on her that she was yeah. like, I need to disappear. And they protected. And she, That's awesome
2: because Gene Harlow became like the biggest fucking movie star in the world.
1: Yeah, and she killed a man. Yeah, she killed a man.
2: <laughs> she's like, I ain't dealing with that shit. Is she still alive? Me? No, no, Okay, no. good. So I can yeah. say whatever I want about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. She killed That's me. Awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. That's awesome. She's like, do you know who the fuck I am? <laughs> I, I come think, home and your I ex-wife think is the here?
0: Statue of Limitations <laughs> is expired from
2: 1933. <laughs> 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 oh, That's why we serve slander, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but um, they did uh, find Millette. Uh, she was dead. They found her in, in the river. That, wow. that she took that river boat. So apparently she just jumped off. But also, I mean, she, she also could, had just heard that he died. Yeah. So you know that I she don't just think saw she saw him get him.
1: shot in front of her, and then she ran away. And it, yeah. she was like, "Oh my god!" I mean, she's haunted did by. She, yes. Oh. Did
0: she even run away or escape? Maybe that was a fixer oh, fixing yeah. the problem. Oh,
2: listen to this. Listen fixed. to this. Gene Harlow paid for her burial. Yeah. paid yeah, for yeah, yeah. her funeral. She killed that man. Nobody's yeah. that nice. You <laughs> don't pay for the
0: funeral of the girl your husband's fucking unless you did something.
2: <laughs> she killed him. She killed him. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right, we're good on Gene Harlow. Please All right, we do, wrap do, that we one murder up. Murder
0: one out of ten solves right here
2: on Film <laughs> One Bister. out of ten <laughs> solves. That's ten. what we do right here. Close <laughs> the books, boys. <laughs> <laughs> this case is no longer cold. It's... Still cold. It's closed. (laughs) Closed. I thought you were going to say sealed. How many uh, many of these do we solve? I say all
1: 10. I say we solve all 10. So this is good. This is good. I'll tell you what.
0: We're going to fucking try and solve all 10. That's
2: yes. A damn okay. <laughs> I love this. This is good. I, I was very trepidatious in the beginning whether or not this would work, but I think this is going to work actually. This is going to yeah. be great.
1: This is going to be a, we're going to get people requesting more episodes <laughs> like this. We're going to have a, can you guys off, solve more murders, spit off podcast where we solve. Oh cold my cases. God.
2: Hang on. <laughs> I'm getting a phone call. Oh, it's the FBI. They want us to be detectives. Yeah, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good podcast. We solve cold cases with pure conjecture, <laughs> with just absolute. I'm gonna pull ju- a
0: Chris Tucker and just throw the badge in their face, do a Michael Jackson dance, and say, "I'm film history, motherfuckers!" and turn around and dance away.
2: Pure <laughs> conjecture. <laughs> we need a judge that just agrees with anything we say. Just bangs that gavel. Number nine, <laughs> Natalie Wood. Have oh, you guys yeah, heard I about knew it? This, yes. no.
0: I knew this one was going to be on the list. Drake, just out of
2: pure curiosity,
0: do you even do you have you ever heard the name Natalie Wood? Do you know who this is?
1: I haven't heard the names of any of the people we've talked
2: about so far. <laughs> There's only been one. Well, or Gene you, you'll, you'll,
0: you'll recognize yeah. one of the three names involved with this for sure. No. Yeah,
2: absolutely, okay. and it is insane. Okay. And I know Dev knows all about Natalie Wood because he's a boatsman. He's a boatman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: it's it's also one of the reasons why this fucking story is ridiculous and it's It's insane it is insane it is insane
2: insane that no one went to prison for this this is the most nutso story if there is evidence of hollywood fixers getting (laughs) murderers off of the hook it is this story natalie wood i'll just tell you about her she began her career at age four she had earned three Academy Award nominations before she was 25 years old. <laughs> what? She was the actress, dude. Wow. She was best known for Miracle on 34th Street, 1947. Okay, I've seen that. Rebel Without a Cause with James Dean. I've heard that exists. Yep, 1955. The Searchers, Never 1956. Heard of that one. <laughs> and West Side Story. I've heard of that. 1961. Steven Spielberg looks like he did a nice job at the uh, new one. And among others, I mean, she's huge. You know, Natalie Wood was gigantic. I think I would compare her to Natalie Portman, as a matter of fact. Okay. Yeah, I absolutely would. I'm standing by that. Cool. So she was in this relationship um, with this actor named Robert Wagner. And Robert Wagner was, you know, of course, this is a big Hollywood couple. Robert Wagner's huge. You may recognize his name from the Steve McQueen episode. He did Towering Inferno with Steve McQueen, where they paid Steve McQueen like a billion dollars oh. or whatever it was. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so this marriage was um, not great. Not great ah. between these two. They actually got married twice. What? They divorced once because it was so terrible and then decided it'd be a great idea to try the to to sequel. Ed. Yeah, to do the sequel. <laughs> yeah, they did the marriage sequel, and the marriage sequel... Did not go well. Palmed in the box office. It definitely, <laughs> it sank, if you will. Oh, hey, Dev, you hear that? That was a boat joke.
0: <laughs> I'm reading something about the boat, so it's. Uh, I got. I got some cool. Oh
2: my work. god, that boat, Good by job. the way, is in Zach Baggins' uh, haunted museum. The Ghost Adventures guy. <laughs> he has that oh my now. God. Yes. it was <laughs>
0: sitting in Hawaii for oh god, decades, Zach and it racked yeah. up. It racked up tens of thousands of dollars in port fees oh, while it was in right. Oahu, and yeah. it just sat there and got decrepit. But this boat is, look, it's you would know when somebody falls off this fucking thing. Exactly, it like a, it's not a cruise ship. It's so ahead of yeah, 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 yeah. We haven't told back.
2: Drake. So basically, what happens is Robert Wagner, Natalie Wood, and fucking Christopher Walken. Okay. Go out on Robert Wagner's boat. Okay. Uh, the captain that night was Dennis Davern. He's the guy who drove. And they're running around, you know, doing doing their boat thing. Um, this was, you know, it was in the Pacific. Uh, it was, so it was right off the, probably Catalina. Here we go. The Catalina connection happens again, you know. <laughs> um, actually, I'm not exactly sure exactly where they were. but So they were some-
0: leaving... Uh, They were leaving a restaurant out of Marina Del Rey uh, at Harbor, and they were going to supposedly, to Catalina to go anchor up, oh, which is common. A bunch God. of people just take that little trip and anchor
2: in the bay over there. It's the Catalina Connection. The Catalina Connection? It's the Catalina Connection. That's, so name Catalina my is where...
1: That's the name of my new thriller novel.
2: <laughs> so Catalina connect... So Catalina Island is where Hollywood fixers bury bodies. That's what we're saying. I'm convinced about we're, that, yeah. We're putting that out here Dark right now. Dark shit
1: happens that. on Catalina, I swear to God.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. There's like two police that run the whole island. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> So, anyway, they're out on the boat one night. Um, Yeah, going to Catalina, like Deb says. And the captain, uh, Dennis Davern, he heard some noise. He hears a scuffle in a room. And he goes and he hears Robert Wagner, like, screaming, throwing furniture, just going nuts. And he knocks on the door and he's like, hey, everybody okay in there? And Robert Wagner basically says, like, mind your own fucking business. Go drive the boat. Get the fuck out of here. So he's like, okay, fine. He goes and drives the boat. Comes back down to check a few minutes later, and it's quiet now. And Robert Wagner comes out of the room, and he says, where's Natalie? And Robert Wagner just says she's gone. That was it. And so it apparently, according to Robert Wagner and the rag mags, Christopher Walken apparently was having an affair with Natalie Wood. And Robert Wagner found out on that boat that night. And it's the craziest thing in the world because... So Robert Wagner says, he tells the police, that they fought and they were fighting and they were, you know, she was going insane and she took a fucking dinghy back to the shore. Because they found her in a dinghy. They found her, like, her body the next day in a dinghy. She says that... Or he says that she took a dinghy... And tried to go to the shore. Thing is, Natalie Wood was terrified of water. Like, wasn't even, didn't even like to swim. She was so scared of water. And she even had an interview not too long, probably a year before this, that she is is deathly afraid of water. Her worst fear is drowning. She doesn't even go swimming. So it was this thing of like, so you're telling me she took a dinghy off the boat, splashed into the water, and got out of there, you know. And basically they ruled it uh, an accident. They're, yeah.
1: Okay, where was Christopher Walken in all this?
2: So, that's—he's uh, on the boat, but he's never even been, like, he's never even been a person of interest in this story. I mean, I'm sure he was to the police and stuff, but no one ever mentions that he was also on the boat. Whoa. They
0: also <clears throat> don't exactly pinpoint her cause of death.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, yeah. yeah. What did she have, like, injuries, bruises, Yeah, nice face. Yeah, her face was bruised. That- It was they
0: ruled that her bruises were consistent with the injuries of someone falling off a boat into the dinghy. Right. And they noticed her blood alcohol content was super high, but they I don't I couldn't find exactly what they determined as the cause of death. And, you know, it's so I was a little bit wrong about the logistics. They were having dinner at a restaurant in Catalina and then they went back on the boat and then the boat Ah, was traveling back to L.A. The Catalina connection still. connection still there. yeah, it that- <laughs> so, okay. yeah, was just so- going the other way. The <laughs> owner <laughs> so the- of the restaurant was worried that the three of them were so drunk that they were not going to be able to make it back to their boat wow. in the dinghy.
2: Oh so my god! So all of them
0: were all fucked up, and then they must have had something that comes up. Wow! Everyone's having a good time and whatever, and something came up when they're super blackout drunk on this boat. Probably Christopher
1: Shenanigans ensued. You know? Probably
2: the affair, or I mean, the affair. You yeah. Know. Okay.
1: So here's what I think happens. Mm-hmm. Wait, so uh, you said you said the 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 uh, the driver heard what arguing between the the um, Robert Wagner and Natalie Wood. But he never heard Christopher. It, Walken. That's no. the story. And okay. you know if P- you hear Christopher Walken, because
2: T- yeah. he'd be like, oh, "I'm gonna throw you off this boat." Right. Hey. Okay. Here's what I think happened. I
1: think Christopher Walken is passed out this for this entire thing. Probably. I think Christopher yeah. Walken is like gets drunk. He he's passes up, out. He's up top deck somewhere Hammered. maybe he's even in the same room he just passes out he's blacked out drunk passed out yeah uh the other two get into it for some reason maybe it's even like maybe he's accusing her of some shit that she's not doing or is doing it i don't know Beats the fuck out of her, yeah. Like to the point where like she like suffers like brain trauma and dies. She's dying, right? And then he throws her into this boat and then just cuts the cord on the boat and the boat floats off. Like he definitely killed this woman. Yeah, I think Chris Walken was asleep for the whole thing, though.
2: Yeah, because they rolled it an accident at the time, uh, in 2011, which a lot of fucking good this does. (laughs) Um, they reopened it. Like, yeah, we'll we'll solve it. Like her, she's. Her skeleton is gone now, you know? Like, she's, <laughs> yeah, she's wait, like, this this, uh, this was, when it happened, it was 1981? No, wait. Yeah, 1981 okay. was when this happened. So 2011, they're like, we got this. We'll solve it. Um, <laughs> 34 years <laughs> later. Well, they changed it from accidental to undetermined, <laughs> um, which is a huge, huge break. <laughs> huge break. You don't get breaks like this on CSI, you know. Uh and then in 2018, you know, 120 years later, Robert Wagner was named a person of interest in the case. You <laughs> don't say. You don't say. Yeah, so they're they're after him now. <laughs> Better get out of there, Robert. They're after you. Uh, <laughs> they like put handcuffs on his corpse. I guess what what you
1: know? new information came up? And basically, years. just
2: everyone's like, "Are you? Are we still saying this?" <laughs> it's like probably a bunch of like seventy five year old like Hollywood people at a party, and they're like, "Are we still saying this? Are we still saying that Natalie got in a fucking dinghy and beat herself to death in the dinghy and then drowned?" You know, that's that's so- what. Well Robert Wagner is still around. He can
1: still face justice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bring down Robert Wagner.
0: <laughs> everybody probably came to the realization once they saw a picture of this fucking boat. So, this boat oh, I'll show you guys right now. This okay. boat is like a 45, I think it's like 55 to 65 feet. So, It looks like a sport fishing boat without any fishing gear on it. But it's that kind of design and style. And this boat, if you notice uh, something peculiar about this boat, the the dinghy is designed to be stored on the bow. And it gets dropped into the water with a crane. So when they move and this boat moves and it's traversing and traveling either at medium or high speeds when it's going someplace they don't tow that fucking thing behind it because it can bob up and down and turn over upside down and you'll lose the engine and capsize it and it's all fucked especially in the pacific and if it's windy at all so you always bring that thing up on board it's pretty easy it doesn't take that long and you strap it down and you're off to the races so either they weren't going anywhere and this just happened while they were just chilling and everybody heard and knew about it. Or she lowered this crane dinghy into right. the water without the captain apparently seeing cause he was in the top and the bridge driving this motherfucking things in the front. Like how does Very this? Happen? There, there's no fucking way there's, there's, that like she fall. ended up in this in this dinghy without anybody yeah. knowing about it. And yeah. it's yeah. not like you could change.
1: fall in. Like if the story no. is she fell into the dinghy and hit her face, then, it's then like she would you, just
2: be floating, hanging in the dinghy not that like that a far. You Yeah. Load oh. into
0: the dinghy
1: on
2: the yeah.
0: stern. See that yeah. step right there on the back yeah. of it. You yeah. go and you pull the dinghy up and you step down. So you you don't fall into that fucking thing either. Wow. Yeah.
1: You know. Oh, listen to this shit. This is the least amount of work to cover up a murder I've ever seen.
2: There was a man. His name. Very lazy. (laughs) Very lazy. Dr. Michael Franco, who was a young medical intern at the time at the L.A. coroner's office, um, he claimed later on that the L.A. coroner's office covered up the true cause of death. Whoa. He said when Wood's body was recovered from the water, she had fresh bruises, abrasions, and head wounds. Franco stated, Natalie Wood's death wasn't an accident. Somebody pushed her or something. She had abrasions that I could come to the conclusion that she was pushed off of whatever it was she was holding on to. And so that was this, at the time, I guess he was an intern, so I guess he's just doing what he's told or whatever. But he claims it was a cover-up wow. okay, while he so, was there.
1: So this also tells me that the the boat pilot had to be in on it. Because I, there's yeah. no way to get the dinghy off Like Dev said right. There's no way to get the dinging and off He does about, interviews like, too and and also, That boat pilot you, That boat's
0: not that <laughs> big You would As a captain uh, In that top you bridge You would hear and see Fucking everything You have like a yeah. 360 view of stuff If if people were fighting He would look out the. Uh, he doesn't have to go downstairs And look in the cabin He could just like Turn his head and look behind him And see if there's anybody there or What's going on But yeah, yeah. The yeah. dinghy alone And the placement of that Is hugely suspicious whoa
1: what do you think he said to him to make him like not talk i mean had to have been paid out right yeah it was
2: probably just all money yeah i mean at the time it's like because i mean this is
1: the 80s it's not like we're talking about like the shady 1930s like if you came forward to the police it's like it's
2: i don't know if there's anything he could do to
1: you you know what i mean like yeah no
2: absolutely these celebrities were gods like these guys were kings you you know? know it's crazy man (laughs) <laughs> the, these are just—I'll say this. These are just the ones that we know about. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I know for a fact, Jeremy Renner has killed ten people. <laughs> there is no doubt about it. I'm putting it here on film history today. Bro, Allegedly, if
0: anyone's fucking killed anybody, it's Army Hammer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. He eats toes. Yeah,
2: yeah. He yeah. eats people's feet. Yeah, yeah. Which is yeah, not yeah. A crime, he will be
0: on this list is- in a year or two. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's not a crime. Not a crime. I think it might be a crime to eat toes. Depends, depends whose toes, where you got them from if I it's consensual. Think, I think it could be argued that that's against the law <laughs> to eat a toe. For one, the process of removal, that's a crime. You are, were, were you're, they not donated? Licensed, you're not licensed to remove a toe. Were they donated? That's if, the thing. if you go to a doctor's office and say, can I have some toes to eat? And they just... Like sell them to you <laughs> That's different That might be legal I think that's very Dude, illegal I, But like I think If you're up to so. They I cut their toes toe off They're like Here's <laughs> snack on these Wait Deb What
0: deb? Dude I can get a toe for you I can get a toe for you By the end of the day I got plenty of these Walter <laughs> Where can Deb's you find deb. a toe I,
2: I can always get a toe
0: We get toes all the
2: time And nom Dev is definitely broadcasting From Florida He's like You want a toe I got you <laughs> <laughs> You get you a toe. You get liver too Oh, my Uh, God. That was all Big
0: Lebowski, man. That was Walter from Big Lebowski. Oh, I've never seen it.
2: gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I only saw the small Lebowski. Number eight. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Albert Decker. Albert Decker was acclaimed for both his film and Broadway roles. He also had a brief career in politics serving as state assemblyman for the 57th District. From 1944 to 1946. His attempt at a Hollywood comeback was temporarily derailed by his public criticism of Senator Joe McCarthy, which is a whole different story. And that is definitely a film history episode that we're going to do about oh, the, the Black List and the Red Scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's funny, Dev, speaking of uh, the movie you mentioned earlier, Hell uh, uh, Caesar. Caesar. Hell Caesar. That's Siege all about Haler. this time. Yeah, with the, with the, with the McCarthyism going on.
0: It involves that too in in the movie,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and uh, definitely see Trumbo as well if you want to see a good movie on that time period. Oh, right. It's yeah, man. It, this was like it, just a brief rundown. You know, people like John Wayne were helping a bunch of basically like putting writers in prison <laughs> for being communists. Really? At the time.
1: Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, John Wayne sucks. Yeah, man, John Wayne, John Wayne Wayne sucks. <laughs> we're gonna make that into.
2: I merch. don't know,
0: man. <laughs> if I had to choose between John Wayne and a commie, i choose a John Wayne every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my
2: god This is late night film history Film history Civil War here <laughs> Film history and at dark <laughs> After my par- dark
0: My family's from fucking Cuba, bro <laughs> I'm, I'm man, sure I, I can bulge
1: some dirt You're out sure. John Wayne I'm sure he didn't have great opinions
0: John Wayne, look, he ain't no saint He was Genghis fucking Khan I was gonna say, okay? he played he like, Genghis like, Khan not gonna, yeah. I'm not here to like, you know <laughs> This is the lesser of two evils situation Alright
2: <laughs> <laughs> So, after nine years of not being able to work, Albert Decker, because of the whole blacklist and John Wayne and all that stuff going on. Uh, <laughs> because of the what? John Wayne? What? Yeah.
0: John Wayne, what?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Albert Decker, after nine years of being blacklisted by John Wayne, he was able to <laughs> return to film. <laughs> and he signed with Warner Brothers in 1955 and began acting again. On May 5th, 1968. Decker's girlfriend, Geraldine Saunders, found him dead in a bathtub of his Hollywood home. And listen to this shit. He was handcuffed, blindfolded, and kneeling with a noose wrapped tightly around his neck and looped around the shower curtain rod. There was a ball gag in his mouth and two hypodermic needles in his arm. And whoever did it or whatever whoever was there drew, like, dicks on him and lipstick. And this is in 1968. And so, uh, there were a few things missing from the home. They had stolen, like, a little bit of money and some camera equipment. But there was no signs of forced entry. So, the coroner could find no evidence of foul play, basically. Um, and he determined it suicide. <laughs> this was suicide.
0: So, uh, apparently... Uh, this is a common theme among celebrities of uh, as- dying while asphyxiating themselves with yeah. sexual pleasure.
1: That's exactly
2: and what they said. Autoerotic reoccurs, asphyxiation. Yeah. Uh, it, uh,
0: the theme occurs so frequently in the entertainment industry in particular. It's scary.
2: Let me uh, tell you what.
1: <laughs> a shower curtain cannot. A shower curtain rod cannot <laughs> hold the weight
2: of a human body.
1: If you're trying to hang yourself, these were these
2: were '60s shower curtain rods, man. They were they were strong. You know? Also, this is
1: back when they made them right. So, okay. So the first thing I thought of here. So, okay, he the uh, epidermic needles in his arms. Yes, and tried to hang himself. Right. And a whole bunch of other gagged. shit.
2: Dick's drawn all Dick's over. Dick drawn. With red okay. So
1: when I was in college, you you I, had all this happen I, to you. <laughs> I, I promise it's relevant. <laughs> when I was in college, uh, in, uh when I was finishing up my bachelor's degree. There was one of my one of part of my final projects was I had to um, I was doing going to school for 3D modeling and I had to uh, model like three different scenes. And I modeled this one. Uh, I promise this is relevant. I, I, I'm i waiting. I I modeled this one uh, uh, like rundown um uh because we had to take a scene and then we had to alter it so i found this like nice old living room in this house and then i tried to like just destroy it and so i added water damage fire damage like like uh, torn up planks like all sorts of shit and when i brought it to the uh the teacher he said what happened to this living room i said it got destroyed he was like i can see that but what did it get destroyed by And I was like, oh, well, I don't know. He was like, because I see water damage. I see fire damage. I see, like, vandalism. He was like, all of this didn't happen in this room. One thing destroyed the room, and you have to pick which one, because all this damage is contradictory. Why is there fire and water damage in the same room? This doesn't make sense. Why did this man... Because it was on fire and they put it out. Why did this, why did this man commit suicide by hanging himself and overdosing <laughs> through needles and yeah. fucking electrocuting himself in the bathtub and yeah. fucking, like, drawing dicks on his face? Like, pick a fucking bro, cause of death. Bro, he didn't die from ever, suicide. Yep. Have Boom. you
0: ever shot heroin with a belt around your neck while a dick is drawn on your face? It's one of the hottest things ever, bro. It does
2: feel amazing. <laughs> this is the same shit with Philip Seymour Hoffman. I don't believe that man killed himself. They said he Seymour had... Hoffman's dead? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. Yep. that there's,
0: uh, there's another name on this. Uh, <laughs> here, there's another name was... that I predict will be on this list. Oh, yeah. The of this man. Are D and C? We'll see if he pops. Up. My, my <laughs> point is
1: this: my point is this murderer would not have graduated my bachelor's degree in uh, computer uh, computer arts. No,
2: for sure. And his girlfriend, <laughs> of course, was like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're, they said it was uh, it was utter erotic asphyxiation that the wh- wh- Then why the needles? Exactly. Yeah, why the needles? And his girlfriend Saunders was like, "He doesn't. Even, he's not even a fucking. He's not like that. He's I mean, granted, you know, maybe." Maybe he has some other side that she just doesn't know about, but that's some. It's kind of hard shit. to hide a heroin addiction. Yeah, no, and it sounds like just a psychopath broke through his fucking window and yeah. fucked him up. And yeah, what about the know? dicks all over? Him? Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> it's like pick a cause of death. This murderer is sloppy <laughs> as fuck.
0: I don't know if you die from dicks being drawn on your face, but <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this. <laughs> this it's one of the
2: causes. This was one. <laughs> I mean, were they
1: branded? Maybe he
2: died of being seared, like jackass. Oh man, there was yeah. branded dicks on his face. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fun episode. It's my favorite episode <laughs> so amazing. far. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: this is this is a spinoff podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in
2: 1999, Decker's son Benjamin revealed that his father, like many celebrities in the 1950s and 60s, had been a client of the man that I'm about to tell you about. This man's name was Dr. Max Jacobson, and he was known as Dr. Feelgood. Dude, Motley Crue wrote the song about this guy. Oh, really? Yes, and there is a reason. So, this guy, Dr. Feelgood, Dr. Jacobson, was the doctor to every celebrity who existed at the time and he, he had prescribed you whatever he wanted he yes and he had a he called it a vitamin cocktail that he would give people that later on they found out it was just amphetamines
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> he was just shooting up for amphetamines and uh, this guy albert decker who died in the with the shower and all that stuff they said that he used to stay up for 24 36 40 hours at a time this man would stay up for like a week straight and benjamin it's really interesting god bless benjamin's soul but he says i think in the long term the drugs were very detrimental to his health it's like yeah yeah probably injecting meth is not great you know and so um on of his death benjamin would say his death was the result of an accident that was that was between or occurred during a relationship of two consenting adults so Benjamin seems to think that he was into some freaky shit. Freaky. So he thinks he shot up and then audio rock affixed himself. I think he thought that because of Doctor Feelgood, because this guy was getting these shots from Doctor Feelgood. So, but and he decided to not take the needles out of his arms before he hung
1: himself. Uh, yeah, that's he, where it doesn't I guess well, while out. he was hanging, he and, shot up and
2: he like drew dicks all over his body or whatever. Or somebody drew dicks all over him. Yeah, and then stole a bunch of camera equipment and money as well. Yeah. Okay. So listen to Dr. Feelgood's clientele. Okay. John F. Kennedy, Humphrey Bogart, and Lauren Bacall, Bogey and Bacall, Ingrid Bergman, Leonard Bernstein, Yul Brynner, Maria Callas, Truman Capote, Montgomery Cliff, Rosemary Clooney, Bob Cummings. These are all huge people I'm naming, Drake. Okay. (laughs) I've known, I heard of some of them. Cecil B. DeMille, Marlene Dietrich, Eddie Fisher, Judy Garland, and her daughter. Ah, I've yeah. heard of those two. Yeah, Judy Garland and her daughter, Liza Minnelli, were both uh, patients. Hedy Lamar, Mickey Mantle. There was a big thing with Mickey Mantle at the time, the big baseball player. This guy fucked up his leg at one point with the fucking needle. Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, uh, er- like everyone. Elizabeth Taylor, Billy Wilder, Tennessee Williams. Wow, and what was he prescribing? He was prescribing heroin? It was. He called it a vitamin Mixture, A vitamin cocktail Uh is what he called it. It it was was just like basically oxy? It was. was Well, it
0: was probably different for each person.
2: Yeah, it was probably different for each person, but what it usually was, Dr. Feelgood's mixture, was amphetamines, animal hormones, bone marrow, enzymes. Bone marrow? Human placenta. What the Painkillers, steroids, and some kind of multivitamin.
1: (laughs) Just to make it slightly healthy. Wow, okay, so like meth and a bunch of other shit. Yeah,
2: meth and like placenta, apparently. Yeah, and he was just, he was shooting this into John F. Kennedy. Like, <laughs> he was shooting this I was this gonna in-
0: say, like, the majority of the people on that list that you mentioned died
1: for fucking ridiculous reasons. Yes,
2: yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Think about it, Elvis, Marilyn, like... all. See, of are the you... Wait, of-
1: Deb, are you implying that these shots... Was the reason John F. Kennedy got a shot <laughs> a sniper rifle to the head?
0: <laughs> I mean, we don't know. Maybe Doctor Feelgood was in the, on the grassy knoll with an umbrella. You know, I don't know what the fuck.
2: It was a it was a uh, a dart gun with one of the needles. <laughs> it was a syringe gun. So it's funny you guys the talk about that the magic bullet because- was. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry, go ahead.
2: No, there's a whole thing here about him treating Senator John F. Kennedy. It was very interesting. It said in September nineteen sixty, uh Senator John F. Kennedy first visited Jacobson shortly before the nineteen sixty presidential election debates. Uh Jacobson was part of the presidential entourage at the Vienna summit in nineteen sixty one where he administered injections to combat severe back pain. You know, John F. Kennedy had really bad back. His back was fucked. Really? Not as much as his head later on, but his back (laughs) hurt really bad.
0: That's That's the magic bullet theory. His back was so fucked up It just bounced around in there like a pinball no, no, no. machine and went out five different holes
1: Why was, why was his
2: back fucked up? It, probably Nam He was Or no it was World War II He was in World War II Was he? Yeah cool. He was on a boat in, in World War II He was on a boat He but pushed was, Natalie Wood on His public. back was <laughs> Please
0: His back was all fucked up from lifting, lifting cases of booze for his daddy's rum running
2: business <laughs> Yes This is a late night podcast. I love love JFK. His back fucked up all the fucking he was doing. I threw out my back banging this shit. He did a lot of fucking. Some of the potential side effects from Dr. Feelgood's mixture, uh, which is interesting... It was hyperactivity, yeah, no shit, impaired judgment, nervousness, and mood swings. So, a guy from the FDA comes to Senator John F. Kennedy, who's running for president, and he says, what in the fuck is this? What is in the syringe? And John F. Kennedy's like, it's Dr. Jacobson's stuff. And they're like, what are you putting in your body, Senator? He's like, you know, it's 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 Doctor Feelgood's syringe full of shit that I take every day, and they're like, that is absolutely not approved by the FDA. Just to let you know, and he said, and I quote, this is a John F. Kennedy quote: I don't care if it's horse piss, it works. <laughs> Hell yeah! That's the most American fucking thing I've ever heard. Is
0: John
1: F. Kennedy, the coolest president we've ever had. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yes. And now far. we know why.
2: <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it's like,
0: like that's the real reason he got whacked. It wasn't because he wanted to, like, you know, dissolve the CIA or end the Federal Reserve. It was because he wanted to take whatever fucking shot. We wanted <laughs> yeah. the he wanted FDA, to. Yeah. He told Feel the, good, the he surgeon general. Himself. No, he basically
2: was. Dr. Feelgood was a main staple in the white house. When John F Kennedy, <laughs> when Bro. John F Kennedy was president, Dr. Bro. Jacobson was there like all day, every day on standby with a cocktail.
0: This isn't Bro, even Dr. Feelgood is Anthony
2: Fauci of the 1960s. Yes. This isn't even a conspiracy. This is just documented. He was a surgeon general. Yeah. He, basically, he was not even the surgeon general. He was the president's doctor. Like, oh that's God. who this man was. The man who, like, shot Elvis full of amphetamines. <laughs> was, like, giving our president, you know, his daily dose. <laughs> no
1: wonder they killed him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, dude. I'm telling you. So, like, this was... They, they fucking killed him because he wanted to take uh, ivermectin instead. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't approved by the FDA.
1: <laughs> 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 oh my fucking god, that was so oh good. God. Your delivery, <laughs> impeccable. Didn't see it coming.
2: Amazing. Uh, amazing. Agma <laughs> um, moments. By the late 1960s, Jacobson's behavior had become erratic, uh, surprisingly, as his own uh, amphetamine usage had increased. He began working 24 hours a day, and he was seeing up to 30 patients per day. And in 1969, one of Jacobson's clients, former presidential photographer Mark Shaw, died at the age of 47. And an autopsy showed that Shaw had died of acute and chronic intravenous amphetamine poisoning. Under questioning, Jacobson's staff admitted to buying large quantities of amphetamines to give many high-level doses. So this is where it all started to crack down on him. Mm-hmm. He, he, he killed somebody. The Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs seized Jacobson's supply and his medical house or his medical license was revoked. It's funny because he tried to get it back (laughs) later on. He's like, come on, I won't do it again. I promise. (laughs) No more meth, I swear. This time it'll be all above board, you know? And uh, he was denied, surprisingly. (laughs)
1: He was like, the map's not the problem. It's the placentas. I'll take those.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. the placentas is what really kills people.
0: (laughs) So let me guess what happened next. He goes and he trains a new apprentice of tutelage, a young doctor who then becomes the doctor to treat (laughs) not only the Michael Jackson and Prince and every person modern day that has a doctor feel good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that I don't doubt that actually happened for sure. Because <laughs> it's, I mean, again, you know, it's so interesting. This sounds Wait, was like Prince's doctor and Michael Jackson's doctor the same doctor. I don't know if they were the oh, same yeah. guy, but they Wait, were the same. Oh like, no, 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 they were the same this guy. This is the
0: guy that yeah, yeah, that guy. I don't remember his name. Had several right. celebrities and other people die They've under his They've Always had tumultuous. a doctor feel
2: good. Number seven.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Go back. Oh, okay. Did you ever finish this? Yeah, yeah. How?
2: That was old uh, Dr. Feelgood. He finally wound up dying.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Okay.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. The original murder, though, of the dude in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was basically, they thought maybe Dr. Feelgood was, yeah, those two needles in his arm that you were talking about, they thought it was him or someone, they thought it was like... Related to Doctor Feelgood. Basically, it, it got ruled a suicide because everyone knew this guy was affiliated with Doctor Feelgood, and so it became this like, yeah, I mean, he probably was like doing all sorts of freaky shit, taking taking these heroin shots and stuff. Okay, you know. so here's my theory. Uh-huh. I think I think he was having a gay love affair uh-huh. with
1: someone, and he overdosed.
2: Doctor Feelgood.
1: Feel <laughs> he overdosed, and the guy was like, "I gotta." cover up this overdose as a suicide. So he unnecessarily drew a bunch of dicks on him and then hung him from the uh, the uh, shower, shower curtain. curtain, which is unnecessary. Again, yeah. he's like, this guy already overdosed, and for some reason I need to add something on top of this, so I'm going to add the hanging situation. And then since I'm already on my way out, I'm going to steal a bunch of shit. Yeah. Mm. Maybe?
2: Absolutely. I could see it. I
0: think, I think... I'll go one further. I, 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 I agree with you. I see you. But I think the person who did the murder, who in question, the gay, the the lover, was no other than, none other than Dr. Feelgood himself.
2: Oh, you know, Dr. They're Feelgood they're himself lost down, and
0: And he realizes that he went too far and they had too much fun. And right. then he's got to cover it up. And, you know. His, uh, he doesn't his want the cause of death to, to be his
2: needles. Right. He needs it to be something else. Oh, so. right. yeah. He shot him up. Right. up. The
0: hanging was the I real bet cause you, of death. Boom. I'll bet you that his uh quote and like response and statement to the police was like, if you're questioning Dr. Feelgood, you're questioning science itself. <laughs> and they just let him go. And, this you know, man clearly
2: hung himself. Yes. Clearly. <laughs> science says he hung himself. Yeah, man. That's exactly what happened. It was Dr. Feel good. Case Real. closed. Case closed. Put the stamp on it. So, Jacobson himself died later that year on December 1st. Oh, he died later that year. Oh. He, Jacobson himself died later that year on the 1st of December in New York City. And it was uh, from meth. Ah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. He, he was he was. his own shit. He was doing his own supply. Mm. And... Uh, He died. Number seven. Virginia Rapp. I don't know how you say her last name. Listen, it is R-A-P-P-E. I don't know. Rapp? Rappé. Rappé. Deb, (laughs) have you ever heard of the Fatty Arbuckle situation? I have. You have? I have. Interesting. I know exactly what happened to Fatty Arbuckle. Okay. It's okay. a
1: weird little piece of film history that I know for some reason. Uh, it is, it is
2: very weird and it is insane. Dev, do you know? Do you know about it?
0: Yes, but I'm so shocked and floored. I know. That you know what this
1: is. Drake's <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> speechless. It's because of a Behind the Bastards episode of my favorite podcast. Behind uh, the Bastards episode about um, uh, Nazis in Hollywood, and okay. he just he told a bunch of preamble about it. And uh, this was part of the story of early Hollywood. Yeah,
2: this is a crazy story.
1: Um, this is nothing new of Nazis. It was just like that was just in the same episode for some reason. Yeah, I was wondering, but <laughs> I, I
2: didn't, I didn't ask any questions at this time. Who knows? You know, <laughs> there was a book written about this called "Room Twelve Nineteen: The Life of Fatty Arbuckle and the Mysterious Death of Virginia Rap and the Scandal That Changed Hollywood," and that was written by Greg Merritt. So, Arbuckle is having a party, a Labor Day party, at the St. Francis Hotel in San Francisco on September 5th, 1921, and this party gets out of control. It's it's you know it's the it's the rage 20s, it's the roaring 20s. <laughs> Thanks for <laughs> hey, plugging my merch. Yeah, plugging you. It's the roaring 20s, and it, it, things are going nuts. And apparently, they had like a hundred people there that they didn't know. No one, you know, these people weren't invited. These were just uh, sort of uh, civilians, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, Two of those civilians, uh, one of them was an actress. She wasn't, like, big or anything, but she was making her way up, was 25-year-old Virginia and her friend, Bambina Maud Delmont. So these two are at the party, partying up with Fatty Arbuckle and all these, you know, Hollywood elite. They're in San Francisco doing it up. And it's this wild party, wild Labor Day. Everybody gets down. You know how the 20s do it. And this was like, Dr. Feelgood thinks he's Dr. Feelgood. The 20s had doctors that would kill him, you know. (laughs) With
0: straight alcohol, (laughs) mainline to the veins. (laughs) Yes.
2: They would just put alcohol into a needle and inject it inside of you. (laughs) So, the next morning after this party, you know... The haze is gone, and people are cleaning, and Virginia is found dead in one of the rooms after this party the morning after. Um, She had a ruptured bladder and an inflamed peritoneum, which is like, it's in your stomach. And this is where things got really muddy. So, her friend said that she was looking, uh, Delmont was her friend. Her friend said that uh, she was looking around for Virginia all around the party. She couldn't find her. She finally heard uh, on the other side of this door of a room, uh, she could hear screaming. And she knocked, and she was knocking, and she said she was kicking at the door until Fatty Arbuckle opened the door. And she says behind him, Virginia was on the bed, moaning in pain. Uh, She was saying, call the police. I'm hurt, I'm dying, he did it. That's what she said. But Arbuckle tells a much different story. <laughs> and a lot of other I people... he does. Uh, yes, he does. And, surprise, surprise, so do the studios. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. The studios say that she suffered from cystitis and chronic bladder inflammation, which could have been aggravated by her alcohol consumption. She was drinking. She should have been drinking. And some also testified that she suffered from a venereal disease. And that she had had abortions in the past. And she was just, she she was a whore. You know, she died of whoredom, is what the studio (laughs) says. The studio said she died of being a loose woman. (laughs) Fatty Arbuckle said, he said that Virginia had a few drinks and then she went into hysterics. And she was tearing her clothes off and complaining she couldn't breathe. And she went to the bathroom to vomit, and her friends took her into another room to recover. And the doctor, he called the doctor, and she had suffered an abdominal attack. And uh, she, he says, they were never even alone together. Now, the real problem lies in Virginia's friend that was with her at the party. <laughs> Virginia's friend, Delmont. She wasn't the most credible source here, unfortunately. So Delmont had a criminal history of fraud and extortion, and she actually had the nickname Madam Black. That was her nickname. And <laughs> not only that, but someone at the party claimed to have er- overheard her, like, earlier, joking around that she was going to rob Fatty Arbuckle. <laughs> so Interesting. Yeah, and that was the girl that Virginia was at this party with, you know. And also, she there were times where she said they were lifelong friends, and other times where... She said they had basically like met at that party. It might have. I think she kind of muddied up the situation a little bit. You know what I mean? Arbuckle's lawyers, they said that they had documented evidence of her medical condition. They pointed out there were no bruising or other signs of violence on her body. They also made a case that she was a loose woman, possibly suffering the effects of a botched abortion. The doctor who examined her testified that she showed no signs of being sexually assaulted. Which, 1921, like, what is the examination even? She, like, he lifted her skirt. He's was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to see here, sure. boys. Sure, a little sus.
0: He just, like, observed her ankles. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> He's like, her ankles are covered. There's no way she was raped. <laughs> see? <laughs> She's got her socks on and everything. <laughs> All these rapes, they take the socks off first. Everyone knows that. Come on. Slaps around the intern. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, the first two trials of Fatty Arbuckle uh, resulted in hung juries. So, no one no one could decide. This was sort of like an OJ thing. Uh, it was like splitting the nation. Everyone's like, this man clearly... And, by the way, uh, the whole thing about the case is they think he was raping her and literally crushed her... With his weight. That's Mm -hmm. like the whole famous part of the story is that he crushed her to death. This split the nation in two. Everyone is fighting over whether or not he's guilty. Uh, The jury, it can't even come to a decision. They're split. And they split two times, actually, the jury. They had two hung juries. The third one finally resulted in an acquittal. Um, But he... I mean, he was blacklisted afterwards. No one wanted to work with fucking Fatty Arbuckle after this shit, yeah. you know? So here's my
1: theory. Okay. So I think that uh, this woman and her account, her uh, her friend...
2: The Black Madam.
1: Yeah, I think that the idea was... Madam Black. ...sleep a fatty, um, and then when he passes out, she'll unlock the door, right. and then they steal a bunch of shit, and then they hightail it out of there before he wakes up. Okay. Okay. Unfortunately what right. happens is either she did have complications from drinking or he literally did crush her and the whole thing went awry. Right. And so I think and he maybe had a hand in her death, but I think the whole thing was a setup to rob from him from the beginning. So, but I do think it was accidental and she I was... don't think she was raped. I think like I think that like the plan was like I'll take the bullet, I'll sleep a fatty. And then, like, once he's passed out, I'll unlock the door. We'll take a shit, and we'll get out of there. Right. And then, but then just, like, shit went way wrong.
2: He fucking crushed her.
1: He crushed her because he's fat.
0: <laughs> she wouldn't tie a belt around her throat, so he crushed her. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she had two heroin needles in her arm. Dr. Was wasn't he goes? a massive star at he this was, time? Oh, yeah. He was jacked Yeah, he so it's, literally- like, it's not...
1: Absurd that a hot woman wouldn't want to sleep with Fatty Arbuckle, right? Oh, no, absolutely yeah. not.
2: No, he was fucking. There's no doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he, uh, later on, he changed his name to William B. Goodrich, and <laughs> he directed. He was okay. like, he, he couldn't get work as an actor anymore, Yeah, so he just started directing. Yeah, I think this was a hustle that went <clears throat> wrong. It happens. <laughs> That's Hollywood. Case closed. Case closed. Number six. Thomas Ince. This one I'm am I'm very excited to tell you about. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this episode in the first place is because, I mean, Drake said it earlier. You've heard names you've never heard about before, you know. Now we're talking about... I've talked about a lot of big Hollywood people in this episode all in one, you know. And I like that we're sort of putting everybody's name out there. This, this definitely had some historical significance. This guy is maybe one of the most film historically significant figures in film history, the history of film. (laughs) Thomas Entz is considered the first film tycoon. What does that mean? Like, you'll see. Okay. After acting in and directing several movies, he built his own film studio called Entzville in Los Angeles, California in 1912. And at the time, I mean, no surprise, it was the largest film studio in the world. He had stages, offices, commissaries, dressing rooms, props, sets. 1912, he had a whole studio, this man, the, the Ints Studios. Wow. He went on to found, he founded Triangle Studios, Paramount Pictures. Oh, shit. MGM- And Thomas H. Ince Studios, which I've never heard of, but this man found a Paramount and MGM. Wow. This is the type of dude we're talking about. Wow. Uh, During his lifetime, he was involved in the making of over 1,000 movies. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. This dude is... He will, he'll have to get his own episode. He'll, he'll be like the final episode. Like <laughs> final. when we're all like 65 and we're retiring, film history, the history of film. Uh-huh. We've got to do this guy. You know, the guy who started it all, basically. <laughs> uh, as the first producer director, he changed the way films were made. At the time, directors and cameramen managed production, but Entz expanded the role of the producer in the filmmaking process. He also invented shooting scripts. And the five real film. And like shooting scripts, the whole reason we have it is because of this guy. He invented that. The, the idea of shooting something you wrote down previously? Yes. Before this, they were just improvising it all? I guess so. I mean, <laughs> uh, or I guess like camera direction in the script. Mm-hmm. Like a directorial script says like move camera right, I you see. know, l- this lens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I think he's the reason why we have that. Um, but I could be wrong You might be right I have no idea Before this They could have been just This is 1912 Just we're doing whatever me. the fuck Yeah They were like I don't know It records magic <laughs> Just do shit And in film history fashion By 1924 The man was fucking dead broke No idea how What? No idea how these people do it It's Like These people Go broke uh, In more Shocking ways Than people can get rich In my opinion Yeah <laughs> It's like it's it's it seems like it would be harder for this man to lose money, but somehow he was nearing bankruptcy in nineteen twenty four What
1: the fuck
0: yeah. well, being a being an idiot is not a prerequisite uh, <laughs> for, for any of that, but it seems to fit the mold what
2: <laughs> how i i mean it, it's such a good question. I don't I even do know if you can order that much cocaine. I know. I, I know. At this point, it's like, where did it go? Where did it go? <laughs>
1: can you order that many hookers? Is it possible?
2: <laughs> Intz <Ince> needs a <alone>. loan. <laughs> he began meeting with media tycoon William Randolph Hearst in the hopes of getting some cash. And you know who this guy is, right? I've heard the name. So William Randolph Hearst... Um, if you've ever seen Citizen Kane, Orson Welles, that's based on him. He was a newspaper. Oh, okay. He, yeah, he okay. was the Hearst a Hearst Castle. The Hearst Castle is his. Hearst
1: oh, okay. Yes. So, all right. It's a all side note, and I'll,
0: I'll side note, and I'll plug a, uh, another story real quick. William Randolph Hearst is responsible for the propaganda that occurred during reefer madness in the thirties, Oh, which that's led right. the prohibition of cannabis. So Andrew Mellon and John Rockefeller wanted to make hemp illegal because of the industrialization of hemp. So they got in cohorts with Hearst because Hearst not only owned the newspapers, but he owned the tree farms and the factories and all of that too. So, that's right. When hemp was becoming around and becoming industrialized, it was going to take out all these industries and replace, you know, paper with hemp paper and all this kind of stuff. So they basically made up a word for cannabis and called it a Mexican weed of marijuana. And hers was a pretty fucking crazy, wild uh, dude. I even toured... The Hearst Castle up in California. Yeah, and, I've never uh, been. I've
2: never been. It's
0: it's insane. I've
2: always I recommend
0: how... it for anybody that's driving on the five or on PCH. It's beautiful, and you can do like three different tours that are like four hours apiece, yeah. and uh, it's so big. But it, I, when I was touring there, um he had like occult symbols hidden right. in decorations Whoa. in what? his fucking castle. Oh yeah, my god! Yeah, there was like a desk from asia with one symbol on it that i was like oh my god that is pretty significant and important and then as i keep walking through the rooms like the tour guys porting out all this shit and i'm with my mom and my brother and i'm like yo you guys look at this that was it was it was pretty wild man and like you know that's it, so I crazy know, dude. maybe maybe a lot of it dude is could be just collectibles because these things these rich uh tycoons did collect things as like trophy rooms for sure and memorabilia. no but also so if you were to flex. if you
2: were to tell me william randolph Hearst began the illuminati i would believe you <laughs> that man was like one of well, the most evil men who's ever lived really yeah sounds like we need to do a film
1: history field trip uh, to absolutely. the Hearst castle absolutely
2: yes you know chris hardwick's married to a hearse now Oh, really? That's like wow, you haven't seen him lately. <laughs> He's off just being like billionaire husband. Holy like, shit, Wait, Chris Hardwick? Yeah, man. Wow. Yeah, um, Patty Hearst's daughter, grand? Oh god, I might be getting that wrong. But he he married into the Hearst family. Wow. Yeah. But um, so yeah, Thomas. That's why you haven't seen him in a while. <laughs> He's like, get out. Like if somebody took a picture of him right now, his nose would start bleeding. Is you he know. is he still
1: doing uh, the Talking Dead?
2: I mean. When they let him,
0: he's in some bunker somewhere getting reprogrammed to be the next Manchurian <laughs> candidate. When they let him. <laughs> when they let him.
2: Oh my God. Okay. They're so. going to let him
0: out of the basement <laughs> one day like Chris Como.
2: <laughs> so now that we've established Hearst. So 1924, Thomas Entz goes to William Randolph Hearst for a loan. And on his 42nd birthday, He went on Hearst Yacht. Hearst had this, you know, of course, just fucking huge yacht. And uh, Thomas Ince went on the yacht as a guest of honor for his birthday. I think Hearst had, like, I think Hearst had given him the money, you know, for the studio. So now Thomas Ince is, like, this guy who's hanging out. He's kicking it with Hearst on the yacht. So also on the yacht this day, on Thomas Ince's birthday was Marion Davies, huge actress, Charlie Chaplin, Eleanor uh, Glenn, and the newspaper columnist uh, Luella Parsons. So it was like a star-studded yacht party, you know. So everyone on the yacht, including Charlie Chaplin, later claimed that Ent suffered a sudden, intense illness believed to be acute indigestion soon after dinner and he took a water taxi ashore. This is very interesting. This sounds a lot like Natalie Wood. A water taxi? A say. water taxi. He took a, he took a water taxi and went back because he was feeling sick. And then they said he took a train to the hotel. He died three days later, and his body was, like, immediately cremated before an autopsy. <laughs> they just burned him. And his death certificate said he died of heart failure, uh, but several news outlets... But there's no autopsy. There's no autopsy. So how they get... William Randolph Hearst ran it in his newspaper. He would control who, who heard what. But the Los Angeles Times ran a headline that said, Movie Producers Shot on Hearst Yacht. And this led to a firestorm. Because, you know, at the time, I'm sure there were plenty of people who knew exactly who Hearst was. Mm-hmm. You know, Orson Welles made the whole movie about Hearst. Yeah. You know, like... People knew how evil it was, he was. The
0: name was everywhere. The <laughs> yeah. name was as common as Coca Cola. Yeah, everybody knew it. All all the newspapers had Hearst branding on them, like all oh that gosh. Shit. Yeah, wow. yeah.
2: Davies, Marlene Davies, was, um, like I said, she was fucking Hearst at the time. She was his mistress, and according to, like the rumors, basically they said that she and Charlie Chaplin had been having an affair and Hearst brought them all on this yacht. I don't know why he brought Thomas Ince on the yacht as well, but they said that Hearst had brought these people in this yachts to shoot Charlie Chaplin, to kill him because he had been having an affair with his wife. Apparently, being a newspaper man does not make you a good shot. And they say he missed Charlie Chaplin, probably cuz Charlie Chaplin was also like 120 pounds. So he like shot at a stick. <laughs> and they said he missed.
0: He's always wearing baggy clothes. Like, he probably just went
2: through. (laughs) It went through his pant leg, yeah. And apparently it missed Charlie Chaplin, hits Thomas Entz. That's what they said. Uh, To the head. And a secretary on board the yacht even claimed he had seen Entz bleeding from a bullet wound to the head. And after he says this, everyone's like, "Yeah, man, I don't know. He got sick and got on a water taxi. You know? <laughs> he got sick with this like blood coming from his head. It was weird. <laughs> it's this weird like disease that you get all of a sudden on a boat where like a holes in your brain." <laughs> you know. <laughs>
0: Why don't they just give him a giant amphetamine shot and push him out on that boat Doctor and say hey, good, good luck, bro? <laughs>
2: <laughs> there were also rumors, he though. The blood <laughs> out <of> his head. <laughs> he got this disease where, like, a bullet goes to your brain. <laughs> there were also rumors that her shot Ince on purpose, and there were also, also rumors that her shot him, poisoned him, stabbed him, All of the above. (laughs) They said that Hearst, like, fucked him up. Again, a weird connection with an earlier story, how Jean Harlow paid for that one lady's funeral. Uh, Hearst set up a trust fund for Thomas Ince's wife, basically of millions of dollars at the time. And everybody thought that was kind of like hush money. I think uh, Hearst
0: brought them all together and to confront them, uh and to take care of charlie but then charlie started uh witty banter <laughs> and cracking jokes yeah. and ended doing up uh doing some of his movie moves <laughs> and uh was uh fiddling uh with a prop gun oh my god and didn't know that the prop gun was the real gun right And just like, you know, was clicking it around and comedically being Charlie, just, you know, shot and it accidentally killed.
2: My question is if Hearst wanted to kill Charlie Chaplin, why bring Thomas Entz on board? That is my one question. And why not kill him after you killed Ch- Thomas Entz? Yeah, very true. Do you, are you out of ammo? Was it a one-shot one-shot gun? Yeah, and now and now
1: all these people's are witnesses to this murder and none of them are going to talk. Yeah,
2: Charlie Chaplin never said anything. Hearst got off scot free, you know. So okay, what was this ruled as? It was uh, it, he got sick. I mean, no one knew, but they basically there was said, Oh, because he was yeah. cremated before there was an autopsy. Yeah, yeah. they He was said, cremated
1: before they were like, there was a bullet in his head. <laughs> yeah,
2: like I said, it was acute... They said it was acute indigestion soon after dinner. And yeah, they said he, he took a water taxi, then he took a train to the hotel, died within three days. And then they, boom, cremated him. And they were like, yep, man got sick, food poisoning. And Charlie was having an affair with... Charlie was having an affair with Hurst's wife. But Thomas mm. Entz was just the mogul the the film guy who got money from Hearst and, i mean did I'm, did Hearst know for a fact that Charlie was having an affair with his wife who knows and also it is interesting because Thomas did take out a loan from Hearst so this might have had a money issue maybe it had nothing to do with Charlie Chaplin's affair with his wife maybe it wasn't even Was an Charlie affair. Chaplin's
1: affair with his wife ever confirmed
2: i mean nothing was they can't even <laughs> confirm this man's death like nothing was confirmed you know Especially when you're talking about William Randolph Hearst, the man who owns the news. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, like... (laughs) Okay, so here's what I think. Because everyone around this time just, like, walked around with guns, right? Yeah, absolutely. People just, like, had guns and shit. I honestly think this was a complete accident. I think a lot of people got drunk. Everyone around this time just has loaded fucking guns. Yeah, They're doing dumb shit when they're drunk. Interesting. And then he just accidentally gets a bullet to the head. (laughs) And then William Hearst looks around at everyone and is like... So he got sick, right? <laughs> yeah, and everyone's just like, "Yep, yep." He sure, sure did. did. Let's put him in that boat. <laughs> I, I bet, yeah. And absolutely. I think it was a complete accident, but Hearst had so much influence that he was just like, "So this was, yeah, unfortunate." You know, what, but no one was been. at fault here. It could have also.
2: All
0: right, let me <clears throat> let me remind you guys a little bit about Hearst, and maybe it'll, it'll paint a little bit better picture. So he was elected twice to the U.S. House of Representatives. Wow. He was mayor of New York City. Wow. And he also ran for president, which he didn't win. Um, He was a giant supporter of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Mm. um, and very harsh criticist of the League of Nations and the Russian Revolution. Yeah. So he was literally dictating us policy right to some capacity or another yeah and you know if charlie Chapman is is coming out with the great dictator and saying all these <clears throat> communist ideals and things like that i mean this could have been something along those lines this could have been a lot more then why um, not kill
2: charlie in- chaplin because he's a star He's a money maker. Then well, why kill this like dude? The,
0: you said, if if they if they tried to and they missed and this was an accident, yeah. because Ince could have been set up to take over Charlie's studio. Ince was a giant landowner on Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. He had the largest ranch at the time, and he was like a mogul in and of himself. So it's it's no surprise that him and Hirsch worked together on a bunch of shit together, and even. Hearst use his office as a remote location. Oh wow. But Sometimes. if
2: you but if you kill Hurst, mean to kill Charlie, why don't you just kill Charlie after you kill Hurst? I think Thomas was the target. I think he wanted it instead. I don't know why, but he was he was this big studio owner and like Dev said, he was in, you know, bed with I mean if he was in bed with Hearst that deep where Hearst was using his offices. He knew something. He knew something about William Randolph Hearst that William Randolph Hearst didn't want anyone to know about. And Charlie Chaplin couldn't say anything because he never spoke. He was only silent. <laughs> you know. What if
1: what if Hearst went to Charlie and he was like, Look, man, I know you're having an affair with my wife. Oh shit. And I'm going to forgive all that if you do this one thing for me. And he hands him the gun. He's like, bam, (laughs) shoot him.
2: (laughs) Pull the trigger immediately. (laughs) Charlie (laughs) Chaplin doesn't even think about it. He's just like,
1: (laughs) (laughs) remarks him. He's like, you can fuck my wife as much as you want. (laughs) Mm
2: -hmm.
0: This is the real reason Charlie Chaplin had to exile from the United States. Oh, my
2: God. That's right. Yes. Because he he was aided and abetted in a murder. Yeah.
0: In your research, James, did you ever uh, come across the term, the cat's meow? No,
2: I did not.
0: All right. So apparently the granddaughter of Hearst, Patty Hearst, wrote about this incident. And that incident became a play. And the name of the play was The Cat's Meow. And then it later became a movie uh, back in like the 90s, I believe. Uh. Um, starring Kirsten Dunst and Carrie Ells and Eddie Izzard and all kinds oh, wow. of stuff. But the movie itself was entirely about this incident. Oh, my God. Where, uh, yeah, where Hearst and the story itself is. So according to Hearst's granddaughter, it kind of went down like this. So Hearst suspects Davies and his wife and Chaplin to have an affair, and Ints wants to find proof of this and present it to hearst so he finds a love letter that was discarded in one of their staterooms and he's going to bring it to hearst as evidence uh so hearst goes into a rage after this and he starts like searching the ship and he's got his gun on him uh but as this is going on wife runs into ints and for some reason ints was wearing uh, a hat similar to Charlie Chaplin oh or God. maybe even Charlie's hat. It's himself. And like the, the timing of the way this is portrayed is like Hearst is like searching this ship for Charlie. And right when he turns the corner and sees like his, this guy's back who he thinks is Charlie's back to him, He hears his wife say, I never loved him, but, she was saying that to Ints, talking about Charlie, but hers popped in the door at the wrong time. Thought it was her talking about him. And that was Charlie right there. So hers just went, fuck you and blew his head off. And lo and behold, he's like, Oh shit, that was my homie. And that's, that's according to Hurst's granddaughter. That's wow. what happened.
2: If that's according uh, to her, I believe it.
0: <laughs> well, let me let me let me give you a, a little bit one step further down the hole. So Patty Hearst is a very famous and contradictory figure herself. This heiress to the throne of media was kidnapped right. when she was nineteen years yeah, old. The
2: Patty Hearst kidnapping.
0: And when she was at school at Berkeley, and she was kidnapped by a left-wing urban guerrilla group called the SLA, the Symbionese Liberation Army. Jesus. And she was brainwashed by them and then joined them while she was under captivity. Shit,
2: so she went top.
0: around spouting their propaganda and trying to do this like fucking half Maoist, half Kwanzin and half like Che Guevara urban revolution with these lunatics And um, two months later, after her kidnapping, she fucking goes into a bank with these guys in a machine gun. She had a machine gun and she robs the bank saying, get on the ground, motherfuckers. And there's this iconic security cam photo of her holding a machine gun. That's right. So she ended up getting sentenced to jail for seven years. But guess what her family's good friend you know just happened to be um the president of the united states jimmy carter and after two years she was commuted of her sentence and then just so fantastically after that another good friend of the family good old bill clinton pardoned her completely so you, you know, it, it goes to the continuation of the trope of the rules apply to some but not to others. And if you're rich or powerful and or both, yes. uh, you know, you literally get away with murder in this yeah, country. Yeah,
2: dude. Yes. Good research. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's definitely important to note the Hearst family here. I mean, this is one of the most powerful... Families to have ever existed, you know, and I believe her story. I believe that's probably exactly what happened. It, uh, no matter what, nah, bro, she was
0: batshit crazy. <laughs> Yo, she got kidnapped. Yeah. She was at Berkeley in the 70s She was a rich kid She was angry that her family Was rich It's the stereotype that we see repeating Itself throughout history of the Heirs to thrones of kings And things like that And you know I'm sure that when she got kidnapped She was like oh this sounds like Way more fun I'm gonna do this and cause a ruckus Because at the end of the day I can just plead like It was Stockholm Syndrome and I was crazy You know what I mean So the I don't buy her for a load of shit because she was an author and she wrote a couple other books and like you know they had some some issues too. So I don't know, man. I would take all that shit with a grain of salt. I don't think the I I don't know any of them, but I would imagine that that whole family is just like you know a a seed of one satanic being to another. Yeah, yeah. (laughs)
2: When
0: when you grow up in a Castle yes. with occult references in it. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you turn Endless
2: out, okay. money, like <laughs> infinite money. Oh,
0: oh! Uh, I-, I was going to say, oh, I forgot to tell you this. One of the best parts about this story is how the kidnapping unfolded. So she was going to get married, right? She had this fiancé um, while she was at college. And the San Francisco Chronicle, a Hearst newspaper wrote about their wedding engagement and gave the address of her apartment in the oh article. So the terrorist group found out about where she lived by her own family's paper, publishing her address they and doxed her, her. Un- unintentionally they doxed her. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I thought that, I thought that was pretty crazy. That is that, nuts. You know, if they hadn't fucking been an idiot and published their own, yeah. you know, Owners, or maybe address. they did it on purpose because she wasn't, happen. you
2: know, following the line or whatever. They doxed her ass. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Wow. The Hearst family still to this day. I I hope yeah. they don't listen to the show because we'll all be dead. <laughs> 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 yeah, dude. Chris Hardwick just kind of looks dead behind the eyes now. He's just like definitely like this family has never done anything wrong. Like looking directly into the camera. Look, if there's a twice. Hearst out there who wants to ring me i'll
1: stop this podcast <laughs> i'll cease this patty Hearst the third i'll cease this i will Should we well, i'll go away
2: you'll become drake cummings Hearst because <laughs> just... she's not taking your last <laughs> place
1: <laughs> i'll disappear you'll never hear from me just like chris hardwick
0: you know that the requirement for you to do that is you got to join the masons with me and come to bohemian oh, see, grove there bro.
2: yeah uh, <laughs> i mean if you're threatening us with a good time you know <laughs> <laughs> They're putting <Everything laughs> me with it's obscene circle jerk, yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'll turn my head. You know, I don't know what goes on at these meetings.
0: <laughs> A lot of jerking off in the woods. <laughs> cool. I used I to do that. that. I grew up in Mississippi. Yeah, I already yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, let's say that song. <laughs> Case closed. Case closed. We are podcasting today in the light of the full moon. Tons of witchcraft books and like a Ouija board in her house, but so do you.
1: I understand it, but I also hate it. I want to know the answer. There isn't one. Sorry. Let's speculate wildly, baby. You
0: might be interested in our podcast, Drinking the Kool-Aid. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher,
2: Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts.
0: Keep your front door locked. Keep your mind open.
2: And And keep keep drinking drinking the the Kool-Aid. Number five. <laughs> Olive Thomas was considered the prototypical jazz age flapper. At age 20, she defeated hundreds of contestants in a modeling competition for The Most Beautiful Girl in New York City. Soon after, she became a showgirl for the popular Broadway show The Ziegfeld Follies with none other than James motherfucking
1: Cagney. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, James Cagney was such a good first episode because nah. everything calls back
2: to the cag. Dude, he was he was the you can just mark history with mm-hmm. his existence. There's mm-hmm. you know, he was always there. Yeah. The cag is always there. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, this is Olive Thomas. She's a dancer. She's the she is a Zigfield Folly. That was a big deal. Oh, I think I remember
1: even talking about the Mm -hmm. Zigfield girls. Yes, Um, Zigfield girls. Yeah. I mean,
2: this meant she was like uh, one of a thousand girls to audition to get through. You know what I mean? She was, uh, but also not super famous. But she was famous enough. She was popular with audiences. Uh, she received flowers and expensive jewelry from fans. And she actually she went on to star in a bunch of movies as well. She starred in 20 films in her, her four-year film career. So she moved what? on to film. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Four years? Yep, yeah. number one on the films? call sheet. Yeah. Wow. In 1916, uh, Olive Thomas, she married an actor... 1916 that's this is why I'm glad we're doing this episode. This is how old these stories are. Wow in 1916 she married an actor named Jack Pickford through uh, the media glorified them as Hollywood's. this was like one of Hollywood's first power couples they said you know and Jack Jack Pickford and Olive Thomas it was like Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie like that's the level we're talking about here but everyone knew the papers were always writing about it. Jack was always running around on her. He was always unfaithful. Which is insane. Like, I... A 1960s movie... A 1916 movie star cheating on his wife? Like, you never hear about that. (laughs) You know, like... I mean... (laughs) I, I, I thought the movie stars at this time usually were very popular for being, like, really monogamous, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. no fucking around. Mm-hmm.
1: Especially because at the time, you know, there's no way to cover up scandal. <laughs> right,
2: exactly. Because and everyone had cell phones. Yeah, everyone had cell phones on the internet. And they can only so like, take pictures. Yeah, absolutely. There's no way to do
1: anything incognito.
2: Yeah, but this man was cheating on his wife, apparently. It's impressive. Yeah. So, he he contracted syphilis. don't say yeah he got syphilis and he was prescribed a mercury bichloride solution which he would rub on his skin at night his sores i'm sorry what yeah did that work uh it probably when was penicillin invented 1930s okay yeah, this was 15 years before penicillin. Wow. Yeah. So back then, you just got syphilis and you died. Yep, you just got syphilis and that was it. They gave you mercury bichloride solution. Mercury's like not a, great for humans. Not great, not great, especially rubbing it on your skin every night. And <laughs> you would rub it on your open sores, so you would just put mercury oh my on your God. You know, open syphilis sores. So yeah, oh, fuck. Syphilis back in these days was not great. Oh, fuck. So uh, in early September of 1920, the couple traveled to Paris for a second honeymoon uh, in order to salvage their marriage. They were trying to, like, you know, He's get just him. got syphilis all over himself? Yeah, he's, he's covered in syphilis. He won't stop cheating. Oh, fuck. She's like, let's go to Paris. Oh, fuck. <laughs> and try to get you out of here. So after a night spent partying at the bistros in the Montparnasse, it's up to be a quarter. Uh, <laughs> they returned to the Hotel Ritz around 3 a.m., tired and drunk. According to Jack Pickford, Olive went into the bathroom and he says she accidentally ingested his mercury bichloride, which was topical. You know, you're not supposed to drink that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he probably says... Probably not supposed to, not topical supposed to drink either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably, it's not even good topically, but drinking it, you're fucked. Very you bad, know? yeah. Don't drink mercury. No. And the label on the bottle was in French, so she may have mistook the medicine for something else, which, my question is, like, how? Like, why? Don't just drink stuff in the bathroom, especially in the 20s. You know? I mean, now, no, I'll take that back. Not even just in the 1920s, just now. Don't just drink stuff in the bathroom. Don't just take bathroom. random shit in the bathroom. Don't. Yeah. I would just recommend not doing it. I mean, at the very least, find out what it is. But if it's in there, don't drink a bottle. Especially of it. if you can't read the label. Yeah, if you can't read the label, don't do it. I'm putting that out there. That's a public... That's a PSA. <laughs> so, she shrieked. My God, Pickford said. I jumped out of bed, rushed towards her, and caught her in my arms. She cried to me to find out what was in the bottle. I realized what she had done and sent for the doctor. Meanwhile, I forced her to drink water in order to make her vomit. She screamed, oh my God, I'm poison. I forced the whites of eggs down her throat, hoping to offset the poison. The doctor came, he pumped her stomach three times, and she died. Um, While she was hospitalized, the media erupted with sensationalized headlines and speculation. Some outlets claimed Thomas had attempted suicide after a fight. That was what a lot of people said. Um, She was trying to get him to Paris to stop cheating on her, and they got drunk, and they had a fight about his cheating, and she drank it on purpose. Some people said she didn't even know he had syphilis, and so she found this medicine bottle. How model. would you not know? I, right? She's just what like, are all these lesions all over you? <laughs> are you a leper? Or Yeah. And so some people said she found out he had syphilis while they were there. And apparently drank all of the medicine because of that. Others claimed uh, he had tricked her into drinking it. You know, so he could, like, collect her insurance money. blah, blah. Blah. There were even reports that she was a drug addict, so she was, like, fiending for something, and so she was just, like... They said she and Pickford were involved in champagne and cocaine orgies, and she was just after something in the bathroom, you know. But, actually, this was pretty common at the time, apparently. Her death was ruled accidental, by the way. He... They didn't even, you know, they didn't even look at him. And rumors had been denied by Pickford and those who were close to them... Pickford stated, you know, she didn't want to die. She took it by mistake. Uh, we loved each other. But this they, they said that this was actually kind of common for people to have accidental deaths by mercury, by chloride in this era. I mean, again, just don't drink shit from your bathroom.
1: Yeah, I, I think this is probably the least um, That's suspicious I, yeah. one that we've yeah. done so far. Maybe Almost this should have been number out. 10. Like is this? <laughs> I don't know how they're ranking these. By the way, I think these are just like ten things. Oh, like, the
2: next one should have been.
1: Yeah, no. Yeah, I
2: think I don't know if the, the ranking is gonna matter. blow your pants off. Okay, cool. Yeah, because this
1: one seems like very much like she was drunk. She saw her husband do some shit. She was like, "Well, I can if he's rubbing it on him, I can drink that." If <laughs> he's rubbing it on him, I can drink that shit. And then it didn't work out because you shouldn't. Humans and mercury don't don't do well together. Humans and mercury
2: classically do not mix. <laughs> Number four. (laughs) Nice. George Reeves is the man I'm going to talk about for number four. So George Reeves was best known for his role as Superman on the television show Adventures of Superman from 1952 to 1958, uh, which made him a big celebrity. The interesting thing is, Christopher Reeves, you know, later on was also Superman and also had a very tragic life. They were not related. Ah. Yeah. A lot of people thought that was his son. Not related at all. Um, George Reeves wasn't even his real name. I don't have his real name here, but they weren't related, uh, which makes it... They, it developed what was known as, like, the Superman curse. You know how mm. Spider-Man has the same thing? Where, like, Spider-Man, the plays, and the movies are always notoriously cursed. No, what? Oh, yeah, man. The Spider-Man movies? Oh, dude, the Spider-Man curse. What's cursed curse? about the
1: Spider-Man movies? They're cursed to make a billion Every- dollars?
2: Everyone gets hurt. Like, everyone really? dies. During- yeah, man. Until Maguire's fine. Oh, my God. The Spider-Man plays. People are getting, like, impaled by shit left and right. What? The Spider-Man movies were... People getting hurt all the time. Oh, yeah. Look at I've we'll never do, heard okay. of it. Wow. I've never heard of We'll this, do an yeah. episode of the Spider Man Curse. Okay, then. cool. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah.
1: fun. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Toby Maguire's fine. Andrew Garfield's fine. Tom Holland's real fine. Like, you know, they're all doing, they're all caked up. They're all well, good.
2: People thought the same thing about Superman back in the day because they thought it was a Superman curse to play him because of this. Because Christopher Reeves, I don't know if you know, I mean, famously. Christopher Reeves, uh, was paralyzed on a, they were taking a cross country horseback Mm -hmm. trip and he fell off a horse, got kicked or something, wound up paralyzed. Uh, before that, the man who played Superman was George Reeves, the man I'm about to talk about. So he took a lot of roles in movies. He made guest appearances on other shows. But he was always Superman. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. anytime he would show up to an audition or whatever. He just kind of got stuck in that role. He was stuck in that role. There's no doubt. After two seasons, he attempted to even quit the show to make his own series. But they offered him so much money, he couldn't say no. So he came back, and he ultimately was just stuck in Superman, which is one of those things where a lot of people would say, like, boo-hoo. But it was, it was a real thing. You I know? understand that. I mean, on one hand, it's like, you know,
1: woe is me. I'm an actor with like a safety net. On the other hand, it's like as an artist, you don't like being boxed into a single yeah. role. And so Superman, I get both sucks. sides of it. I hate Superman. It's not an interesting role to play. A square, you know, it's, it's a very one note yeah. kind of character. Square, like yeah. like
2: white bread type of dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, would, I mean, I would like playing Superman for the money and the fame. Yeah. But like you said, if you're trying to be an artist, Superman's not the way to go. Mm. You know, just.
0: That's for the Superman, the one Superman movie that never got made that should have. Are you talking <laughs> about the one fucking um,
2: uh, Jack
1: Lousis Independence Man? The one starring Nick? Yeah, yeah yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, 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 no. I'm glad that was never made. That that seems bad. <laughs> I would have loved. What are, are you talking it. about? Listen,
0: Nick Cage is the artist to bring Superman Amen. to life. Are you kidding? If anyone, the could audience to cannot offer see me, but I'm rolling my eyes
2: so hard. Oh, oh, bullets can't even go through. me. How dare you? How bullets dare you? Can't.
0: How double dog dare you? You just complained about how the character is so one-dimensional. You're going to bring Nick fucking Cage into it and he's going to do some crazy Nick Cage shit? With 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 Kevin Smith as a writer? That movie would have been ridiculously (laughs) awesome. See,
1: because I think that Henry Cavill and Zack Snyder very much brought many notes to that character and added like a lot of character depth to him, and that's how I. And watched it still wasn't enough. Still Still wasn't enough. As a DC Comics mega, <laughs> fan. you didn't want to
2: see. You didn't want to see uh, with uh, great, uh, great power comes great responsibility. No, you want to see that, man? Come on, that's the
0: that's that's Marvel. <laughs> that's that's the wrong canon. <laughs> <laughs> what
2: he's doing. <laughs> In June of 1959. Reeves and his fiancée, Lenore Lamont, went out dining with their friend, Robert Condon. Robert Condon was another big actor, big TV actor especially. Um, so the three of them, Reeves, Condon, Reeves's wife, uh, Lenore, the three of them return to Reeves and Lenore's home in Benedict Canyon, and Reeves goes to bed. He's like, I'm tired. Big night. It was fun. I'm drunk. I'm going to bed. So his wife, uh, there's I guess there's like a few people who have kind of showed up at the house by now. You know, there's like old school celebrity houses where people are just always there. And Lenore and Robert Condon said, "Well, that's fine. Going to bed. We're gonna party down here if that's cool with you." And he's like, "Yeah, fine. Go ahead, party. Whatever. You know, I'm just I'm going to bed. I'm tired." So they did. So Lenore and Condon they throw this party with. Uh, their neighbors, William Bliss and Carol Van Ronkul. At some point, they get really loud. This party gets a little bit out of hand, of course, and George Reeves comes down. He's like, hey, like, fucking, I'm trying to sleep up here. Like, shut the fuck up, you know? And it's cool. You guys can party. I don't mind, but I'm up here trying to sleep, being way too loud. And they're like, okay, that's cool, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they said he kind of calmed down, and he actually, like, Spent some time partying. He had another drink. He's like, all right, I'm sorry. I'll have another drink. We'll talk, you know. And he, he hangs out with the friends. He's, he's just kind of having this drink. He's just chilling. He's like, okay, I'm actually really tired. I'm going back to bed. Goes back to bed. No one knows how long exactly afterwards, but soon after he went to bed, a gunshot was heard from upstairs. From his room. So, uh, the neighbor, William Bliss, William ran into the room and found Reeves naked on the bed with a gunshot wound in his temple, in his head. And there was a pistol on the floor looking like it fell out of his hand. It was like this really weird scene. Whoa. And they ruled it a suicide But of course, this was again, you know, all these conflicting stories start coming out and everybody's screaming about this thing. Um, I mean, you know, the only witnesses were inebriated at the time. Some news outlets claimed Lenore was with him in the bedroom when he shot himself and that she'd come downstairs, but that was never confirmed. It was a big, muddy story, you know, basically. And... Some people say that she came downstairs and said, tell them I was down here. And one article claimed that when Reeves went upstairs, Lenore told her guest, he's probably going to go shoot himself. And when the shot was heard, he said, see, I told you. (laughs) Whoa. That would be. Whoa fucking hilarious.
0: It sounds like this is an influence yeah, house. Yeah, Jake Paul. And this is like the Paul <laughs> brothers' house. And, you know, dad came downstairs and was like, yo, quiet it down.
2: All right, I'll yeah. party. And then he goes back upstairs <laughs> and fucking kills himself. <laughs> so no fingerprints were recovered from the pistol. Oddly, though, the witnesses say they heard uh, not only one gunshot. Witnesses at the party said that they heard two gunshots and two bullets from the pistol were embedded in the bedroom floor while the bullet that killed Reeves was recovered from the ceiling so one shot goes down one shot goes up Reeves winds up dead of apparent suicide that's basically and typically if you do suicide you don't miss the first time you don't miss and especially you don't miss down and there were apparently there were unexplained bruises on his face and chest. Who, who was him. else? Who else was upstairs with him? So that's the thing they say. Lenore. Lenore says she was downstairs partying, mm-hmm. and some of the guests say she was downstairs partying, but then one of the guests later on says actually she was upstairs, and when the shot happened, she came downstairs and told the guests to say that mm-hmm. she was downstairs the whole time,
1: mm-hmm. so, and there was no one else upstairs. No one. So she definitely killed this man.
2: That's what everyone thinks. Everyone yeah. thinks she killed him. What? Well, why? Why is this a? Why
1: is this? A she thinks. Like why, why?
2: Like why is this not a open and shut case? That like, is. That's why it's mysterious. I mean, mm. this is the same situation with like Natalie Wood was yeah. clearly. I mean, was she, she a massive actress? Like, did be... she have the clout to cover this up? She was a socialite. Oh my god! This article said she dies drunk in 1989. So apparently she drank herself to death in the 80s. Yeah, no, she absolutely could have murdered him. There is no doubt about it. She was the daughter of Arthur Lemon, a successful Broadway ticket broker, and in her early years, she was known as a party girl member of Cafe Society. She was well-known and liked in the nightclub world and was infamous as the only woman ever tossed out of the stork club for fist fighting. So she was a crazy girl. There's no doubt about it. The she,
1: store club. What is the store? It was club? like
2: an old New York club, and she was <laughs> the only woman ever to be tossed out of her for fist fighting. Wow. Yeah. It just feels so common back in these days. Like you could just say it was a suicide, and it was a suicide. You know, and especially for because
1: it was there fingerprinting back then.
2: So there was, there was, but there were no fingerprints recovered from the pistol. So it had been wiped down. Yeah, whoever That's did it. That's suspicious. Yeah.
1: That's suspicious? Yeah. The dead
2: man wiped the fingerprints <laughs> the down? The dead man who killed himself wiped the fingerprints afterwards. <laughs> they said uh, several of Reeves' friends remained skeptical. Rory Calhoun <laughs> <I> <laughs> remained skeptical. Remained skeptical. His you don't actor, say. His actor friend Rory Calhoun told a reporter, no one in Hollywood believed the suicide story. While Lemon claimed Reeves was depressed due to his career struggles, most who knew him claimed he showed no signs of being suicidal. Reeves' mother petitioned the case to be reopened as a possible homicide. There's no rhyme or reason to this stuff. You can't tell when somebody is about to do this thing, but also... This seems like an awkward time. This was, yeah, this was a little bit kind of, uh, like Drake said, a closed and shut. Ksh- case. Wait, wait, know? wait. So, did they have any known marital struggles or... They did not. But, well, they probably did. But, <laughs> <laughs> in 1996, this is interesting, there was a book called Hollywood Kryptonite. Great great title. Sam Kashner wrote this book. He made the case that George Reeves's death was ordered by film studio executive Eddie Mannix, who had ties to the Mafia. And Mannix's wife, Tori, had an affair with Reeves that started in 1951 and ended in 1959, just five months before his death. And that's documented. That's not just a conspiracy. So do you think that maybe his wife found out and was like...
1: This party is the perfect time to kill my husband. Yes, yeah, and Mannix probably
2: helped. You know, there was this the is mafia. still a weird
1: timing, though. Why would you do it during a party? I don't
2: understand. I mean, I, I mean, wow. I guess if he like he comes down and he's like, everybody, shut up, and she's all drunk and coked out, and then she's like, let's let's go upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> On the other hand, it's like she had a lot of
1: witnesses for her alibi that she was downstairs the whole time. Oh yeah. And then she
2: said he's going to shoot himself.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, so I guess on one hand it's like there's, you have a lot of witnesses, but that's a lot of trust that the witnesses aren't going to be like, yo, no, this bitch was tripping. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't know.
0: <clears throat> no, I think, I think you're onto something Drake. I think it's like, uh, she was the alibi and Eddie Just scurried up a water (laughs) and climbed into a balcony and just took care of it. And the whole time she was like being able to plant the seed of, oh, he's going to kill himself. Officially,
1: there was no one else upstairs, but actually, she was paid off to be like, yo, be be the alibi. (laughs) Yeah. That's it. Yep. Case
2: closed. Case closed. (laughs)
0: We're a regular Scooby-Doo <laughs> here,
2: boys. We are LA Noir. <laughs> We're just doing what T- LA Noir should have done. This is the sequel right here. <laughs> Number three Thelma Todd. Silent film star Thelma Todd, nicknamed Hot Toddy, she was the one where Hot Toddy came from. Uh, she was also nicknamed the Ice Cream Blonde. She appeared in 120 feature films and shorts. Throughout her nine-year career, she was a heavy-hitting pro. Like she was all over the place. Slapstick comedy was her forte. She starred alongside Wheeler and Woolsey, Laurel and Hardy, the Marx Brothers. She even formed a comedy duo alongside actress Zazu Pitts, who was later replaced with Patsy Kelly. <laughs> Tricks like who, 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 and who. Alongside Pitts and Kelly. Todd was often cast as the level-headed protagonist, having to deal with an embarrassingly ditzy sidekick. In addition to being an actress, she was a businesswoman. She and her boyfriend, film director Roland West, opened a restaurant called Sidewalk Cafe in Los Angeles, California. They shared ownership with uh, Roland West's wife at the time, Jewel Carmen and the three of them lived in a duplex above the restaurant together, which is all very weird.
0: That sounds like a <laughs> Yeah, four of yeah apparently
2: it was an open thing, you know. Uh, Carmen didn't care, and she was like, yeah, let's just move into a duplex. They were like a, a throuple, you know. They did say every now and then she displayed some jealousy. That was that was one thing that I guess somebody, one of the witnesses said. On the morning of December 16th, 1935, 29-year-old Thelma Todd was found dead in her car, parked in Ronald West's garage. The garage was closed, and the car was running. So, you know, classic signs. Suicide. Asphyxiation. Like all of these. Asphyxiation, she, she closed the garage, she gassed herself out. That's what the coroner said. The weird part was, though, she had a broken nose, two cracked ribs, and bruises around her throat that signal strangulation. And police officers determined she had been dead at least 12 hours. Imagine this scene: the coroner comes to the scene, he opens up the garage, all the exhaust comes out of the garage, and he goes to the car door, and there's Thelma Todd dead in the driver's seat, and b- broken nose, cracked ribs, strangulation marks around her throat, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, suicide." <laughs> <laughs>
0: You know, it's like... He, you, you forgot the part where he removed the belt around yeah, from her yeah. neck that she used to choke right, herself right. Just <laughs> from audio. Just like the last guy true. who
2: put two rounds through his head and then wiped off the gun after, you know, the suicide. <laughs> just like George Reeves, right. yeah. She'd spent the previous night with friends at a popular Hollywood restaurant. It was believed she returned home sometime after 2 a.m., and found herself locked out. Unable or unwilling to wake Roland West or Carmen, she apparently returned to her car and turned on the engine. So they think that she just couldn't get into the house, so she's like, Okay, I guess I'll just go hang out in the car in the garage and uh, well, leave it running. Yeah, leave it running closed. with the doors closed. I gotta have some radio, <laughs> you know, some air conditioner running. And then I don't know how her nose got broken. I don't know how her ribs got cracked. I don't know, the bruises around her throat. I guess she walks around like that all day, every day. You know, I I don't know. I mean, the radio was so loud that it cracked her ribs. You know, I mean, (laughs) apparently. This is uh, another classic case of this should have been prevented. This was very preventable. Mm -hmm. It said three months prior to her death, two men had been arrested in New York for making threatening phone calls to Todd, demanding $10,000 under penalty of death. Not only that, Todd had once been involved with mobster Lucky Luciano,
1: <laughs>
2: who allegedly, surprise, surprise, would beat her. <laughs> and also give her amphetamines and demanded that she let him opening, open a gambling casino in her restaurant. So she was tied up with Lucky Luciano, which d- definitely explains why the coroner was like, yep, suicide. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Looks like she killed herself, boys. <laughs> That's pretty funny. There's like a massive, because it's probably, hole exactly what happened. yeah, asphyxiation. She's got that disease where her ribs get cracked and her nose breaks.
0: Coroner finds somebody like locked in a trunk and murdered. And he's like, Oh, yeah, he locked himself in the trunk and then, and then killed, killed himself.
2: himself. <laughs> <laughs> Well, despite the people who had reason to harm her, Todd's official cause of death was determined a suicide. Uh, Todd had reasons to be unhappy, you know, don't get me wrong, but she apparently, she never wanted to be an actress. Her mother forced her into it, you know, as one of those things. She was like a beauty pageant girl who got like a Hollywood contract. I think they based um, an L.A. noir character after her, but, yeah, but I definitely don't think she killed herself by sitting in the front seat of her car and... (laughs) <laughs> bruising herself, you know. Um, so this is definitely a mob killing. <laughs> this is a mob killing for sure. Okay, it was, yeah, this is mob killing think, that the coroner was paid off to be was like it was a suicide. Yeah, I don't. These are getting less suspicious as we go. Actually. I mean, that's because we're just getting better at detecting. You know, we're just better detectives. The more, the, the further you go in your career, the you know, it's it's like they say, like uh, the most obvious excuse, the most obvious reason is always the reason. Is that what they say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the easiest explanation is always the crime. Case closed. Case closed. <laughs> Number two. William Desmond Taylor. He was a popular and prolific actor-director, having acted in 27 films and directed 60 throughout his career. Nine year career. Another nine year career. Maybe that's like some sort of cursed number there.
1: It's 666. Six, 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 flipped six, six, upside eight. down.
2: On the morning of February 2nd, in 1922. Oh, weird. 2-2-22. Two, two, Ooh. Oh, interesting. Henry Peavy, who worked as Taylor's chef and valet, arrived at Taylor's home on Alvarado Street in Monterey, California, to find his body on the floor. He'd been shot in the back. The press was quick to sensationalize his death and give credence to many conspiracy theories. Taylor's neighbor reported seeing somebody leaving the house the night before. One suspect was Taylor's former valet, Edward Sands, who had been fired for stealing from him. But police couldn't even find this guy, so who knows. Apparently, the last person to see Taylor alive was actress Mabel Normand, who he was rumored to be romantically involved with. Taylor had tried to help Norman get treatment for her cocaine addiction, and had even gone to the police to report her dealers. So he's reporting dealers to the police. Yeah, he's snitching. (laughs) (laughs) Police suspected that either. Well, he's definitely. (laughs) Yeah, it's like again, it's just like just case closed immediately. Case closed. (laughs) Police suspected that either Norman or one of the dealers had shot Taylor because of his involvement, but no evidence was ever recovered. (laughs) That's (laughs) because the police were the cocaine dealers, probably. Um, The
1: police were dirtier than the (laughs) mob.
2: Perhaps the biggest suspect, Charlotte Shelby. Former stage actress and mother of young actress Mary Miles Minter... Mentor, who had begun her career as a child star by and by this time had been 19, had professed her love for Taylor... And he's said to have rejected her, citing their 30-year age difference. She found the one guy back in the day who was like, nah. <laughs> Not into younger girls? Not into younger girls. Well, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, man. He's he, he's probably the only one, you know. <laughs> back in those days. Like, back in the nowadays. Or, or back in those days, he's like, 19. Disgusting. Too old. Keep it moving. <laughs> There were still rumors of a relationship between them and of Mentor's belongings being found in his home. So Shelby disapproved of Taylor seeing her daughter, of course, and she was reported to have owned a revolver similar to the one used to kill him. Uh, She was questioned but never convinced due to lack of evidence, but the scandal ruined little Mentor's reputation, ended her career at 19, and some accounts claim she later confessed to those she trusted that her mother did kill Taylor and might even have killed another director under similar circumstances. And I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say that her mom was a badass. <laughs> if, if all these, like, directors and studio dudes are fucking her daughter and she just goes and murders them, I mean... Yeah,
1: no, that's that's rad. But, uh, <laughs> but officially he had nothing to do. That use. actually...
0: That's a great plot for a movie. That is a great plot for a movie.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But officially, what, uh, this 19-year-old apparently hadn't... Like, he had no interest in this girl, officially? That's officially.
2: But also, they found her stuff at his house. I see. Which, I mean, doesn't Mm. mean there was anything sexual sure but it is a little weird yeah you know? and also
1: but yeah like we said the first famous successful affluent dude in history who apparently <laughs> wants nothing to do with younger girls <laughs> i, I know, like i'm not saying that all older guys are predators but all other guys in hollywood listen. are predators.
0: <laughs> listen yo Bill Clinton only flew on that plane 27 times. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Steve Hawkins was on that fucking
2: fucking uh, flight itinerary. It, really? Yeah, Steve Hawkins. They fucked had, a fucking, Epstein, yeah. had a fucking handicap section on the Lolita Express. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah, but y- yo, honestly mean, like it,
2: Dude's
0: been in a wheelchair like his whole life. Can you know, can you really Hold that much against some- If someone. they bleed,
2: they breed. Also, <laughs> I don't, fucking- what on not oh.
0: Hawking could do any raping. They would have to rape him. right? Isn't that how the logistics would
1: work? <laughs> do we determine that this death was an enraged mother or a mob killing f-
2: for a snitch? I, no one ever determined it, but I, I think it was the mom. Okay. I won't say whether or not there is any evidence that he was having sex with that girl. I think her mom thought that he was. Um, oh, my God. Have you ever seen American Beauty? No. You got to see that one. Uh, you remember that, Deb? Of course. Yeah, it was kind of the same situation, except for it wasn't a gay thing. It was a dude on a girl. But same thing in American Beauty. The neighbor thinks that this guy is fucking his teenage son. And uh, I won't spoil the movie. I mean, I guess. but I like you know. sorry, did. Number one. (laughs) Bring us home. Marilyn Monroe.
1: Ooh,
2: Marilyn Monroe. I was
1: not aware she died under mysterious circumstances. Oh
2: my God, this was.
1: <laughs> I'm Dev's not aware of anything about her life other than she was a person. Dev's laughter. Why? Because why would you be? You know, deep in depth knowledge
0: of Fatty Arbuckle, <laughs> but you don't know Marilyn Monroe.
2: <laughs> I know she dated Kennedy. That's about it. Oh and she's man. a sex icon, and that's about it. <laughs> I'll go through this whole thing. (laughs) Marilyn Monroe, of course, was the iconic (laughs) sex symbol of the 1950s and early 60s. She rose to fame from a difficult childhood, spent in and out of foster homes and orphanages to become a top-billed actress and fashion model. Uh, Behind the scenes, Monroe's life was far less glamorous. She suffered from depression, anxiety... Actually, I'm not going to read all this bullshit. We don't know this for sure. Everyone says this about Marilyn Monroe. I'm going to go ahead and uh, thank you for this article. I've used it for the whole episode, but I'm going to deviate here. Everyone says that she was this person. Everyone says that she was super depressed, super anxious, super weird girl... And I always have the sneaking suspicion it is just because she was a smart person. She had a high IQ. I really do. I think Marilyn Monroe is actually a genius. Mm-hmm. And I think she would go to a bullshit Hollywood party, and another director is talking about his dick, and she would go and, like, hang out in the corner with the dog. And they're all like, oh, she's crazy, and, you know, mm. she's, like, reclusive and shit. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. I Everyone paints her she's playing
0: hard to yeah get, she's you know.
2: exactly exactly and she did she had addictions don't get me wrong she had addictions just like everyone else she was on amphetamines barbiturates alcohol was her thing uh she absolutely did have a problem with showing up to set way fucked up like marilyn moreau was like half the people in Hollywood. exactly like half the people in hollywood like when she was married, she was married to Joe DiMaggio, the baseball player, for a while. And Joe DiMaggio would show up to set and, like, drag her off set because she's so drunk, you know. But also... Was he a baseball player or an actor? He was a baseball player. And okay. he dated her, yeah. it was. Oh, a, but he would show up to her sets. He would and show up to be her sets. Like, and, but also, he'd beat the shit out of her.
1: Oh, you know? that's not great. Yeah. It, Maybe
2: that's why she did all those drugs. <laughs> yeah, yes. Absolutely, <laughs> that's why she did all those drugs. This is... The... That's not great. (laughs) (laughs) The mystery surrounding Marilyn's death also, in my opinion, surround her entire life. Like, Mm. everyone makes Marilyn Monroe to be a thing that they make her out to be in their own heads. And I don't think anyone ever really knew who this person was. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think... Mm. same goes. I mean, same can be said for James Dean a little bit, but Marilyn Monroe especially. You mm. know, didn't James Dean die in a car a car crash? James Dean died in a car crash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but it, he Is was that the same mysterious. Way. No. Oh. No one, he was. He he bought a Porsche. It was called a little bastard, <laughs> and it was a race car. Okay. And his manager said, "Please do not buy this car. You're going to kill yourself." And he's like, huh, huh I'm 27 or whatever, and I'm going to buy this car." And he bought a car that was. He was a rebel. He was a rebel without, without a cause. cause. <laughs> no, James Dean died in a car that was like made for a racetrack. Okay, so he Paul Walker himself. Another, he Paul Walker himself. I yeah. see. That's a
0: disrespectful statement. To
1: Paul <laughs> <laughs> Did Paul Walker he, also he kill himself in a fast car?
0: Yeah. He did a Porsche. Yeah. But Paul Walker was racing a Porsche for charity.
2: Well, a track, it was at
0: doing like a promo it was afterwards. It right? was
2: in the neighborhood. It was after the racetrack. He and that, uh, driver guy were in a, in a neighborhood in the Hills and they were going way too fast. But yeah, it was it was all on a Porsche. Porsche basically <laughs> has is, killed, two, uh, has great killed two great actors, two very handsome <laughs> blue eyed actors, have died in the hands of Porsche. Thanks, Porsche. <laughs> this is my Porsche commercial for film history. <laughs> <laughs>
0: one of them got decapitated because it was a convertible. Which one? The Rebel.
2: The Rebel without a head. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> <laughs> man. Yeah, no, I... (sighs) He shouldn't have bought that car. <laughs> he should not have bought that car. I love fast cars, Which too. one of them? James, both of them. Both of them. But James Dean, <laughs> at least Paul Walker had experience racing. He like was Paul like, Walker. going fast is my whole brand. Yeah, but yeah. Paul Walker wasn't driving when he died. He was teaching oh, the guy to drive. Wait, really? Yeah. Oh, Dude, yeah. shit. Maybe she should was, have let the guy who
1: drives in movies for a living yeah, drive. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. And they were on like a neighborhood street. Oh, yeah. what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah. That's crazy. Else. Yeah. Don't do that. That's not great. Don't yeah. drink
2: the stuff in the bathroom and don't <laughs> let, I I don't let people drive me in Porsches. You know? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm don't let people here. drive you in Porsches. Saying it here on film history.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I but, uh, all of them.
2: I've
0: driven a Porsche before with my dad on the track and I went, I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Jeez. Don't give me this. Mm. <laughs> do not give me this. So when Marilyn Monroe is thirty six years old, on August 4th, 1962, she was found naked and unresponsive in her bed in her Los Angeles home. Um, her death certificate... I've seen it, by the way. I've seen her death certificate. In person? <laughs> yep. Whoa. It's in one of the museums on Hollywood Boulevard. It's like right next to your house. I just dodged it the death you. museum? Yeah, no, so, no, no. It's like, no longer there anymore. No, it's in one of the... It's in the... Um, Max Factor, Ripley's probably the Max Factor Museum, yeah. wherever. Yeah, it's the like, Hollywood Museum. It's a, it's one a part right of nec- all of those. That's the the one
1: a- right next to uh, Mel's.
2: Yeah. Yes. Ah, yeah. cool. Her death certificate. It's in actually yeah. Oh. Yeah.
1: it's actually in Mel's, it uh, framed <laughs> up
0: on a, a, like next to a booth. So when you sit out and order pancakes and coffee, you can look at. It. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Next
2: to her corpse. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's frozen in yeah. Mel's. Yeah. <laughs> Her death certificate, which it is weird to read it when you read it, it does it listed, it lists probable suicide by barbiturate overdose. But many biographers and journalists have put forth their theories of the truth behind her demise, and I also have. Um, <laughs> I don't think she killed herself. I'm putting it out there. I don't. I think she was. I I know this sounds. Tinfoil hat, conspiracy theorist, insane. I think she was fucking John F. Kennedy, and I think I don't think John F. Kennedy ordered her murder personally, but someone around him did. And so she died. Um, basically, they said that she had like an enema of barbiturates, and yeah, she was found naked in a bed, having like an enema of. Barbiturates pumped into her, and that was how they said she went. You know, she had, like, Dr. Feelgood come over and fucking pump her ass full of stuff.
0: Pretty sure she was not only fucking John F. Kennedy, but she was fucking Bobby, too. Yeah,
2: they said Attorney General Robert F. Kennedy, author Frank Capella, wrote that Monroe threatened to reveal her affairs with both of them, which, you know, of course would have been very bad. Uh, journalist Anthony Scaduto wrote that Mur- Monroe acquired highly confidential government information from both of the Kennedys, Robert and John. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right. And uh, they said that she also had a diary of this Kennedy stuff. And So she had an enema of Xanax, basically? Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's Which not like, how you take Xanax. Exactly. Again, another... Uh, it's almost like you can you can see the flaw through the administration of the drug. Yeah. Nine times out of ten. This is my same theory with Philip Seymour Hoffman. Mm. Same thing with him. He pumped himself. Philip Seymour Hoffman was found with, like, enough heroin to kill, like, a room full of people. Mm. And for any drug addict or anyone who's ever even done drugs, period, uh you know how much to do, especially mm. if you're a heroin addict. Yeah, if you deal with heroin every day. You're not gonna do an, su- yeah. That an overdose much. would
1: be just too just too much. Just too much. Yeah. yeah,
2: but like there's needles surrounding him, filled with like enough heroin to take down a fucking army. Mm-hmm. And it's like well, clearly this guy sounds like a murder. That, yeah, yeah. That's either murder or, I mean, I guess if he purposely did this, you know, if he was just committing suicide. I mean. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's all very weird. This is the same thing with her. It was so she also... Had,
1: it was an enema? Like, they
2: found yeah. her rectally? They found... Yeah. Um, she died through a fatal injection. The autopsy revealed no pills in her stomach. On the night she died, she'd also had a fight with John F. Kennedy, they said. Mm, and um, was, was John a president at this point? Yeah. Yeah. You remember... Do you know... You've seen the video, the happy birthday song? Happy oh, birthday! Oh yeah, Mr. She Postal, was fucking yeah. John F. Kennedy, or allegedly. I see, but not so allegedly. I yeah. see.
1: Okay, and you think you think someone
2: around, like someone in the CIA, someone around him was like she's a liability? Yes. Apparently, she kept a journal, and this is another thing that I was saying earlier. <clears throat> I think she was smart, and I think she was keeping a journal of Robert Kennedy and John F. Kennedy, and I think she was writing down stuff that she wasn't supposed to. And I mean, she could have been threatening to use this against them in some way, mm-hmm. or they could have just found out that she was keeping this at all you know, and but do you we think the c i a
1: CIA killed her i
2: think so interesting i do i really do, or the secret I service mean,
0: okay. you got to you gotta think the FBI. The, this whole air this was this was nineteen sixty two Guess what was also was going on during nineteen sixty two that happened a couple months after this? the
2: civil rights, the
0: Cuban fucking missile. Oh crisis. yeah,
2: yeah, the Cuban missile crisis. So
0: the Bay of Pigs. So there was the the fucking the, one of the reasons people think Kennedy got killed is because a bunch of top generals in the CIA went around his back and tried to organize this false flag fucking operation to invade the Bay of Pigs, and they were going to remote control an American airliner and blow it up. Yeah. And this plan got passed all the way, and it got to Kennedy's desk, and he was like, vetoed it. He was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Because he was it's on Dr. Feelgood drugs. <laughs>
2: he was on a bunch of injection of multivitamins. Yeah.
1: yeah. He was like, I don't want this.
2: Yes. But
0: I'm sure... Like, imagine the brothers, right? You know, Robert and John, they're in these positions of power. They're dealing this delicate chess game during the Cold War with the Russians and Cuba and all this stuff. And the last fucking thing they need is bad fucking press and a way to get impeached and thrown the fuck out of office yeah. by, you know, lying to the American public or having some scandal or something. Yeah. So you know, <clears throat> Doctor Feel Good, Doctor don't Feel make Good, her feel a little too.
2: Good. Yes, yeah, no, I absolutely believe that. I mean, look, we're talking about the same time. It's not even again. It's one of those things where it's not even a conspiracy these days. Martin Luther King Jr. was killed by the FBI. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, George McGovern asked the president. Mm-hmm. He asked President Lyndon B. Johnson directly if he wanted. Martin Luther King taken care of, you know, mm. and this was during the time where the FBI, CIA, these uh, semi quasi government entities would kill people. I mean, there's it, it they just would, and I this think is that's such what a happened. Strange would still do. Yeah, this, just, yeah. this <laughs> is, this is a strange. <laughs> <abduct> <laughs> someone though,
1: like an, uh, barbiturate
2: anima? Is yeah. such a barbiturate enema. Yeah, or She's a drunk. She's a drug addict, you know, people will just think she just killed herself with drugs, yeah. you know. Well, but. you got
0: to think, it dis, it's a form of discrediting her even further. Mm-hmm. It's like, if she's so vile and ridiculous, and if she's going to let herself die by... Not just any drug over right. this really absurd you sexual
2: try. Why wouldn't she do it orally, not? Yeah, same with
0: Yeah, but you can't you can't believe anything that comes out of her mouth. Look at what she did to herself. Yeah. Why, but like why those wouldn't you
2: why do not you just her the drugs Robert orally?
0: JFK.
2: I don't know. Maybe she wouldn't swallow it's to make her
0: look bad. That's what I'm trying she to wouldn't say. Swallow. No, it's yeah. to discredit her, make her look like shit and look like a crazy person because there was already rumors about her fucking the president. I mean, that video was public information. At the time. Like, yeah. you know, people knew without knowing, without saying it directly. It was almost common knowledge. So, you know, they, as a form of... Because uh, why didn't they just have her throw herself off a balcony? Right. Why didn't they just, you know, have her do a million other things that would have been easier and, and probably, you know, less, I don't know, vulgar and graphic yeah. than a barbiturate enema? Yeah. Also... We should make merch for Barbitur.
2: <laughs> Barbitur <anime> is playing, <laughs> playing the, the, the Troubadour. Board. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> wow. No, absolutely, man. Yeah, no, she's, she's one of the weirdest ones to me, and um, I absolutely, I do. I mean, I, like I said, I don't know if John F. Kennedy like pulled the trigger himself on this, but... It wasn't the
0: CIA. It. Yeah. Unless it wasn't the CIA, because the CIA and John F. Kennedy were fucking at odds. They hated each other, bro. John F. Kennedy wanted to disband the CIA. Mm. That's probably what killed right. him. And the people who run the CIA are the skull and bones and a lot of these yeah. older yeah. kind of secret yeah. societies and shit. They're the founding members. I still think. You know, you know who else was involved at this time? Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> No, bro. Prescott Bush. Oh
2: yeah, yep. The beginning.
0: Prescott Bush was the head of the CIA, I believe, at this time, or he was a higher up in it, dude. Prescott Bush was—he's uh, banking or deals. He did business with the Nazis before World War II. And Congress uh, had a, passed an act said you can't do business with the enemy. It's like the enemy, Trading with the Enemy Act. And because of that, Prescott Bush got his banks got confiscated and shut down because he's just like making profit off of doing business. With Is the Prescott Bush
1: related to George W. Granddad? George oh, oh, W. Oh, he was shit. The, he was the original yeah. W. Oh shit. Oh, yeah, 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 the Prescott got back. and George The Bushes Sr. go back, dude. Said. Whoa, holy deep oh, shit. <laughs> oh, deep dude, Bush.
0: Dude, dude. Bushes are deep. Deep Bush? Deep, holy uh, shit, dude. That's
2: wild. <laughs> deep Bush. <laughs> the deep state. Wow. <laughs> It's not deep state. It's yeah, deep, and you bleh. know they
0: started all this at Yale. So Yale, the Skull was the secret society, Skull and yeah. Bones, founded and started at Yale, and all these Yale graduates and elitists would network, and they would they would go into these secret societies, and then they would go out into all these industries and branches of government. But then they would still kind of like help each other. Holy out shit! Their, yeah, whatever fucking yeah goals are and that's that's pretty common knowledge yo no a lot of those guys are all to be in like the skull and bones you also have to be like a mason to be in these things you there's kind of like levels yeah, to it you, gotta so, be a rich kid. you know this is you
2: so gotta, oh we kind of know you gotta it, be deep you know. bush you gotta be deep bush <laughs> to be in there maybe we should stop talking about this <laughs> <laughs> before, we're gonna be deep bush too deep, yeah they're gonna throw us, gonna us in a deep, deep bush. bush dude <laughs> <laughs> nah man he's not no. a war criminal he's a pan. yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah 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 oh, of course my God. Jesus no Christ. of course <laughs> well that was a chill episode that was fun that was a
1: lot of fun it might that be my favorite episode so far yeah. if you would like us to resolve cold cases yeah let us
2: know this could be a whole another podcast we'll make this a Patreon Just like solving cases. Solving cases. Drinking beers. Solving cases, taking shots. (laughs) Solving cases, drinking beers, film history.
0: Um, we really got to the bottom of it. We here, definitely fellas. did. I'm glad that we all can, and everyone listening can, and watching, can sleep easy tonight.
2: <laughs> knowing that The we sleuth investigators are on yeah. in the case. No, just know that uh, if a celebrity kills you, you're fucked. Nobody's ever going to find out about it. That's the <laughs> takeaway here. If or you die in Hollywood, Hollywood audition, no one will ever know why. <laughs> if you die in Hollywood, it's always going to be mysterious. And that's what we have to say here on... Hill history. Uh, We got to play your plug. Dev, where can they find you? Uh, Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You can find me at sailor underscore dev, and you can follow uh, abracadabra films for a bunch of cool shit coming up, and go follow all of our film history social media. Go check us out on YouTube. Check us out Facebook, Twitter, all that jazz
1: find me on instagram at drake cummings you can find me on twitter at drake underscore cummings you can find me on my tiktok at hollywood drake and you can find my merch line which is inspired off of the roaring 20s and it's my own spin on it the raging 20s at raging20smerch.com
2: yeah and you can find us at film history the history of film or fhhf podcast on twitter uh, we're all over the place now. We got ads. You know, we got the whole thing going. And you can find me in the doctor's office for Dr. Feelgood getting my multivitamin shot, baby. I got to go. I got to run for president, baby. Let's do this. This film history. The history of-